You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back, everybody, to the Oz Network as we bring you an episode that none of us want to do, but we're here because we're <laughs> contractually obliged to do it. Because we said we'd do all the Terminator movies, and now we've got to get to Terminator Genesis. Don't worry, folks, if you're listening to this, tomorrow we bring you Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith, which is yes. a much better movie and you will be at the end of this one doing your best Anakin going, I hate it! I hate them all! I killed them! All the franchises! Um, because it's all coarse and rough and irritating and gets everywhere. That's last week's episode. Oh. Download Star Wars Episode 2, uh, Attack of the Clones recap. But sadly, this is Terminator Genesis, the 2015 movie that attempted to reboot the reboot of the franchise. And the only reason we're doing this is because they're about to reboot the franchise next week. So, my name is Ben, and I volunteered for this shit. And my name is Colin, and don't think me holding on to you naked meant anything. It did not. <laughs> Yay, we just used the two funny one-liners this entire movie. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> we've done well. A um, uh, couple of days ago, I'd never seen this movie. Um, and it's probably a good thing, really. Now I have, yes. and now I'm podcasting about it there's my background on terminator genesis uh colin (laughs) um well i saw this uh, i think as i mentioned at the end of the last episode on opening weekend uh i was quite excited for it just because the the idea of it sounded really cool i like that they were going to be going back to original time periods arm schwarzenegger's back that was gonna be great and there was so much faith because of james cameron's involvement in this movie james cameron of course still proving that he's Not necessarily the best filmmaker in Hollywood, just the smartest. He managed to keep his name off of this movie entirely, despite his hands being all over it. (laughs) Um, This movie was a disaster. And I just remember walking out being like, I really didn't expect for it to be that bad. And it's kind of crazy when you look at the uh, critical rating and even audience ratings of Salvation compared to Genesis. And they're basically even, if not Genesis, maybe slightly higher. And I think that's a disgrace. I mean, Salvation, which we ripped to pieces last week, kind of against what we thought we would do, far better movie than this one. In fact, I, I'd go as far as to say, like, if this, if there had never been a Terminator movie made prior to Terminator Genesis, this would be like a straight-to-DVD Arnold Schwarzenegger movie that nobody would ever talk about. It's just that bad. I, um... I said last week, I was going to see it. I didn't see it. I heard bad things about it, and I avoided it. Glad I made that decision. Um, But this... I heard a lot of things about this movie, um, and I'd heard it was confusing. I heard it just made no sense, and, yeah, I'm still trying to work out what happened because, like, honestly, the first 10 minutes of this film is pretty good. (laughs) Like, I'm watching this going... Mm -hmm. Hang on a minute, like, have I been, like, trolled this whole time? Because this is kind of interesting, like, I'm liking this. And then just everything just hits the fan. I don't know what happened, but I'm trying to still work out. I'm just reading here because at least with Dark Fate, we know that it is a direct sequel to Judgment Day. Was mm-hmm. this meant to be after what movie? <laughs> because, oh. like, it's, it's, I don't understand where the timeline was meant to be in this movie because to me it seems like they've just ignored Judgment Day and they're just making this a, tequel, a sequel to The Terminator. Do you know? Like, is, is this ever been announced? No, I mean, I just sort of worked it out as I was re-watching this here because there's so much talk about 
alternate timelines and stuff like that, which also poses the biggest plot hole of this movie, which I'll get into a little later. But from my impression, I mean, we have Danny Dyson in here, right? So you know that it has some tie to T2, but yet T2 never happened according to this because it's all in an alternate future. I mean, I think this is a complete alternate timeline, which makes it easier to forget it ever happened. Mm. Well, I mean, according to Wikipedia, it says um, that... What does it say? Uh, um, yeah. Uh, oh, something about returning to the spirit of the Terminator and Terminator. They did well at that one, didn't they? Oh. Retaking the story's basics of the original film, but in another direction. Um, so, okay, cool. Uh, when colorized... Yeah, so, like, yeah, the, the original direction was good. This direction was bad. Exactly. They accomplished it. Maybe, maybe the whole idea was, let's see how bad we really could make it. Um, yeah. I mean, we mentioned last week about how, you know, Salvation, it was missing Arnold. Like, you really did feel the, the yeah. lack of Arnold. So this is the first time that uh, Schwarzenegger's obviously been in a Terminator movie in 12 years at this point. Um, but, I mean, we've got to talk about his performance in this movie. Um, you know, we have iconic stars of the silver screen, Jai Courtney, um... I'm just going to say this now, probably piss off Game of Thrones fans. Amelia Clark, like, really? Like, I'm not a fan. Um, Jason Clark, I'm a fan of. <laughs> but we have, like, 50% of this movie is Australian. Uh, like, big name Australian. Well, not really big name Australian actors. The everyday Australian probably couldn't tell you who Jason Clark and Jai Courtney are, but still they're Australian. Um, and we've got directed by the esteemed Alan Taylor, who, uh, as we discovered last week, um, not necessarily, um, I guess, the, the biggest filmography. I mean, a lot of Game of Thrones stuff. He directed an episode of Lost. Uh, Everybody Hates Hugo. That was a pretty decent episode. Uh, not the worst, not the best. He'd done a lot of Sopranos. So basically, a lot of TV um, stuff, as well as Thor The Dark World. Um, which, I mean, again, that has a reputation as kind of being one of the worst uh, Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... Ha- how did he land this? Is it because of Game... I mean, this is kind of in the middle of the 2010s where everybody seemed to think that, oh, Game of Thrones is big, so the actors and the directors must be good on the big screen, which, I mean, does Game of Thrones kind of have what Friends had in the 90s, kind of a bit of a stigma around their actors not really translating into big hits? Because outside of, what, Jason Momoa? <laughs> I mean, have we really had a, a big hit movie from someone from Game of Thrones? Well, I mean, Amelia Clark did have another movie that came out. It was either just after this or around the same time. It was like a, a romantic, uh, I wouldn't call it comedy, um, but uh, it was called Me Before You, which Jamie and I watched and it was actually a really good movie and she was really good in it. And that movie became a huge hit. Um, you know, obviously Game of Thrones takes up so much time. And then of course she had Solo after that. So, you know, she's, I think she's finally starting to catch on despite you know, having <laughs> launched her movie career, Terminator Genesis. Uh, there's just, well, also, I guess we should also say that uh, um, Sophie Turner from Game of Thrones, she's Jean Grey now in the X-Men movies. So I don't know whether she's a great actress, but the, the big comparison uh, around the time Game of Thrones came out was that you had this and The Walking Dead, both these massive cable shows with these, you know, huge casts. 
And for whatever reason, the Game of Thrones actors could at least land movie roles, whereas nobody would hire Walking Dead actors outside or anything. So uh, it's still a work in progress, I think, for the Game of Thrones cast. But as far as Alan Taylor goes, I mean, he came off of the first season, I think, of Game of Thrones, which was like you know, incredibly well received. And Thor The Dark World, you know, even though it's regarded as one of the worst Marvel movies, at the time it came out, people were, strangely enough, kind of happy with it, which I think is just, you know, the... Um, <laughs> the the marvel uh kool-aid everybody's drinking it's uh marvel made it it must be good and then as better movies started to come out year after year people were like oh that throw the dark world wasn't so good uh i'm fairly convinced now that he should not be touching big budget blockbusters Uh, you know especially after the only two movies he's done big budget blockbusters throw the dark world is the better of the two Sadly, Ryan Johnson doesn't get the similar... Uh, well, I mean, maybe he hasn't really done anything since last Jedi, has he? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting kind of with these big TV shows when they're like, oh, this is going to translate into movies. Uh, I mean, you know, obviously a bit of a personal connection on this show, Lost. Um, you know, we've seen the likes of Evangeline Lilly kind of, you know, break out now, and we're still trying has to find... She? Well, I mean, she's the Wasp. <laughs> Well, I, it, it only took her like 15 years to get one role. <laughs> still? Well, like we said for Matthew Fox, we're still trying to find where he is. Uh, <laughs> last we saw, he sold his house in Oregon. That's about it. <laughs> no one knows where Matthew Fox is. Um, but like, actually, you mentioned me before you. I've seen most of that movie because Mallory loves that movie. That's another one of those... Um, uh, isn't that by the book? No, it's not by the same notebook guys. It's just it one feels of... like it, though. But it yeah. feels like a much better the thing with, I will say about Amelia Clark when I say I'm not a fan, I liked her in Solo. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember seeing enough of her in Me Before You. But like, I will say she actually does seem to come across different in each of her roles. Like, it's, it's, I don't recognize her. I think, I don't know how, if that's just the role she plays. She's going out of her way to play different roles because honestly, watching this movie, I just did not connect. This is the same woman in Solo. Um, and I, I mean, I've never watched Game of Thrones in my life. I've seen clips, I've seen photos, uh, to see what she looks like in that show. And because she's English, isn't she? She's not actually American, yeah. right? Yeah. So, right. um, I mean, I just, I don't know. Maybe it's just this movie. I just think she's terrible in this movie. It's, <laughs> it's really everybody. Cause like, like you said, you like Jason Clark. I love Jason Clark. As mm-hmm. I said last week, huge fan of Zero Dark Thirty, a huge fan of Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Pretty much anything he does, I'll at least, you know, give it a watch. But even in this movie, like it's it's almost like Anton Yelchin last week. You know, he is definitely the best one in the movie, but there's still just something missing, and I I have to think it's it's poor script, and then Alan Taylor just not being able to bring a decent performance. I mean, I'd even put J.K. Simmons in there. Like I was almost laughing at J.K. Simmons in this movie, and I don't think I was supposed to. Mm, yeah, I'd agree with that, and it's like. I re- um where I really liked Jason Clark from was a TV show we did called The Chicago Code, uh, which kind of didn't really last that long, but really good show. Um, so yeah, but I mean, I think we can all stand up and say, well, then there's Jai Courtney, who gives a very Jai yeah. Courtney performance. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, this guy has a charisma of my knuckles. Like he just yeah. They they try to portray him as like this attractive guy, like oh look, he's got his shirt off, oh oh, he's so sexy, but. He's just bland. He's so boring. Like, Sam Worthington is like Will Smith compared to Jai Courtney. I don't know if that's a fair comparison. I think it's a fair comparison. And this is Sam Worthington we're talking about. Um, I, I'm kind of torn between the two because <laughs> I have seen Jai Courtney and at least two things I liked him in. It really what it comes down to is he's 
been crammed down audiences' throats like he's supposed to be the next big leading man, and that's not what he is. I think he, I think he's a great villain. The first thing I saw him in was the the first Jack Reacher movie, and he played like a really scummy villain in that, and I I thought he was great. And then when I started seeing him in all these other movies, I'm like, this guy really sucks. Uh, and there's something about him you just want to you just want to punch him in the face. I can't explain. You know, every <laughs> once in a while you just look at somebody you're like, man, they just need a good punch right in the face. Uh, and then Suicide Squad, you know, despite him uh, having maybe too Suicide small Squad. of a role. Yeah, again, playing kind of a sleazy character. So I think if you give him a little bit because – like you said, he has that look where it's like Hollywood wants to push him as this you know, great leading man, but he does have something about him that just looks unpleasant, like he would maybe douchey or something like that. You give him a little bit of a douchey role, and I kind of like him. It's just <laughs> he is not for leading man roles. You know he's just the type of guy who's going to hit on your wife and probably succeed like because he looks yeah. – I mean, even is he that attractive? Like – I don't know. I don't know. What, is, what does Jamie think? Mallory didn't see any of this movie, so I, don't, I didn't really get a Mallory vibe from this. But does Jamie think he's attractive? Jamie's seen him now in probably four or five movies, and I've never heard her even comment on him. So I'm going to guess no. I need to look at his filmography, because as an Australian, I'm sure he's done the traps around Australian TV. I'm sure there's like Blue Healers or oh, All Saints. There we go. There had to be one of them. Um, so he basically went from All Saints to Pack to the Rafters, which is a very big show here, to Spartacus Blood and Sand... And then Wet Hot American Summer, 10 years later, that was his last TV role. But somehow he went from being in an episode of All Saints, two episodes of Pack to the Rafters, to Stone Bros, and then Jack Reacher, and then A Good Day to Die mm. Hard. So, like, clearly wasn't handpicked for his acting ability. Um, people yeah. obviously, you know, I mean, this, this, this is the thing, though. This is what happens with Australian actors. Not just Australian actors, it happens around the world. But this was when Chris Hemsworth became a thing because he was in Home and Away. I've said this many times. He was terrible. His character was just, oh, he's so attractive. Take his shirt off every five seconds. Kind of like what he is today in every movie. Um, but, yeah. like, he just had no personality. He had one facial expression. And his character was always just a pain in the ass. So when all of a sudden he was in things... It was like, what the fuck? Like, this is terrible. At least Chris Hemsworth has grown into this great guy. Like, he seems like a really nice, genuine person who is great. Um, and, like, there was... I uh, don't know if you're familiar with Ryan Quanton, who he... Yeah, uh, I know a little bit. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he was my favourite character in Home and Away the whole time. And then, basically, True Blood, one of the only reasons why I watched it, because I knew he was in that. And he's just basically exactly the same, um, except just, I guess... a bit better looking and he has a six pack in true blood um that he was in home and away he's not sort of like this loser sort of geeky guy that he was in home and away so yeah but i'm surprised that someone like him hasn't really gone on to bigger better things but you've got jai courtney like they're very selective they're australian actors (laughs) now was it the honest trailer for this one or suicide squad that when they reveal the cast they actually say hollywood stop trying to make jai yeah it's like stop trying to make jai courtney a thing that really is the way it comes across. Like he's given every break in the world and just you know negative charisma, yeah. <laughs> and that's why I think he does rub audiences the wrong way because they see there are a lot of great actors out there who aren't given these opportunities. And here, let's make him John McClane's son. Let's make him Kyle Reese. Let's make him you know member of the DC universe. And never does he actually click with an audience. You know. Uh, uh, what's the, what's the guy's name? Um, uh, he was on Friday. No, no, he was Canadian. He was on Friday Night Lights. Will then he did the Battleship movie. No. Um, oh, Jamie's gonna hate me for for forgetting his name. Justin Trudeau. Um, 
<laughs> Battleship, John Carter, or Mars. Oh, him. Yes. <laughs> no, it, I'll find it here. I'll find it here. Oh, man, Jamie's really good. And I'm a huge fan of his, so Jamie's really going to hate me because she loves Taylor him. Kitch. Taylor Kitsch. Yeah, Taylor Kitsch. So Jai Courtney, very similar to what happened to Taylor Kitsch. Taylor Kitsch was on the TV show Friday Night Lights, was arguably the most popular on that show, mostly because of his physical appearance. Uh, but also because he really did click with that character and, you know, he was sort of the bad boy character on the show, but the likable one. And then Hollywood handed him a couple of big movies all in one year, also like Sam Worthington. He got John Carter, which was a great movie that just didn't find an audience because it was promoted wrong. Uh, and he had Battleship, which was a bad movie uh, for very obvious reasons. Those two movies bombed and suddenly it was like, well, Taylor Kitsch isn't made for Hollywood. Now he's made this comeback by going to TV and doing stuff like True Detective and suddenly he's taken seriously again. But that's frustrating to me when you have Taylor Kitsch who made two blockbusters, one of which was really good. And then you have Jai Courtney who's given like four or five blockbusters, none of which work. And they, he still keeps getting handed roles. So, yeah, I, I have a bit of that frustration too with Jai Courtney. And the thing is, it's like when they're announcing like returning cast to Suicide Squad, he's named like automatically on there because let's be honest, he just yeah. says yes to everything. Jack Courtney just says yes. Exactly. Like, well, he's, he's, they, he's a yes man. There was, there was no contract negotiation. It's like, hey, we'll, we'll feed you. We'll, we'll give you a place to sleep. And he's like, done. I'm there. Gets out of his um his, his van underneath a bridge. <laughs> hey, mate, what's going on? Ah, oh, shit. Oh, new movie. All right, yeah, what do we got this time? All right, oh. Suicide Squad 2. Oh, oh fuck. Didn't they make another one? I'm there. <laughs> I mean, it, Suicide Squad 1, Jai Courtney was basically Eddie Murphy and Bowfinger. They just <laughs> followed him around with a camera and said, let's fit him in the movie. This is him. I honestly, like, don't think. Like, in all the promo you get now with Australian actors, and it's always a thing, like, oh, the latest Hollywood blockbuster, and there's an Australian connection. I honestly can never remember any form of interview or excitement in Australia that Jai Courtney was in another movie. Like, I just, I just can't. <laughs> remember it i cannot like it's like hugh jackman's in another movie chris hemsworth's in another movie you know even like guy pierce who you know kind of is sporadic in what he appears in now but you know jeffrey rush mel gibson still kind of has got that sort of aura about him nicole kidman kate blanchett jai courtney no (laughs) it's just just not there (laughs) you guys pretend he's from new zealand (laughs) yeah that's the one and even new zealand like oh bro no we don't want him no. <laughs> I heard he was from Canada. <laughs> no, no, he's from South Africa. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um, we should probably get into this movie, shouldn't we? Uh, oh. I mean, there was lots of shit about the rights and making it. Uh, we don't really need to go into that detail. I mean, just also too some of the other cast in this movie, like as you said, like J.K. Simmons, you sort of laugh at. Then you look like Matt Smith, Courtney B. Vance. Like, just really good actors who are just... I mean, is Courtney B. Vance in one scene? Like, literally in one scene. And Matt Smith, he's what? A hologram for, like, two scenes that he's in? Yeah. And, um, you know, that was one of the main reasons I think I mentioned last week I wanted to see it because I'm such a huge Doctor Who fan, particularly of him on Doctor Who. And Doctor Who, I mean, I don't know what... I know what it's like in some most parts of the world. Like, even in America, it's huge now. But... uh, Outside of England, Canada is like the biggest country for Doctor Who. That's like a top 10 show here, and it doesn't even air on network television. It's like a cable show. that It's like the success of Game of Thrones. And there were so many people who wanted to see Terminator because even in the promotional materials, they put all these magazine covers out there. I can't remember what magazine was where they had like alternating covers, and Matt Smith got one of the covers. 
And so it was like, oh, I can't wait to see what Matt Smith's going to do in this movie. And it's like, well, if you walk into this thing like two minutes late and then you show up at the end, you kind of squint your eyes. You're like, I think I saw Matt Smith. I'm not sure. <laughs> it's kind of like uh, Davidov in the world of the NARP. he got his own poster. Uh, yeah. For, for what reason? Anyway, all right. So, um, I, I oh, just, any I just want to add one more there. Yeah. Uh, Lee, uh, oh, everybody's going to butcher this name. Uh, Lee Bung Hun. Uh, Asian the, Robert the Patrick. Yeah, exactly. The, the guy plays a T1000. I, I did mention at the end of last week that, you know, four years later, I had forgotten almost everything about this movie. I'm a big fan of his. I mean, particularly in the, the, the G.I. Joe movies where he's, him and Ray Park, you know, are easily the best things in that movie i completely forgot he was in this movie i i started watching this i'm like oh yeah storm shadow he's the t-1000 why do they put him in this movie like he this is another guy who could be a breakout action star he doesn't get nearly the personality that robert patrick has like give him something to do i would i was kind of questioning like i have nothing against him I, i'm just looking at his filmography i haven't really seen anything with him in it that i can see but why would you not get robert patrick back for this role like i mean well exactly like i mean i just feel like this is fitting perfectly for that because you think about all the ones they keep bringing back and now that we're about to get um linda hamilton back it's kind of robert patrick is outside of arnold schwarzenegger and Linda hamilton probably the most iconic actor from the terminator Mm -hmm. franchise so sorry michael bean um but yeah, I just think that there was an opportunity there. But again, and smart people the, didn't make this movie. The physicality of the character, I could understand they'd want somebody who could do real stunts. But does it matter when he's in the movie for less than 10 minutes? True. I mean, the, Arnold Schwarzenegger's screen time in uh, Terminator Salvation is probably more than we see of him in this. Yeah. Probably true. Now, all right, let's get through this. And now, again, I'm just going to reiterate that I'm a dumb person. So I've written my notes. I'm going to try and go through this story as best as I can. Starts off pretty simple, but then all of a sudden there's weird shit going on. So uh, we'll try and make sense and get through this. I saw, I definitely see what you mean when you said how action scenes last for about 10 seconds. And then it's kind <laughs> of like... This movie does go by pretty quickly, um, thankfully. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it doesn't yeah. drag on. There, there is that. Um so, it's a Terminator movie, of course, we would have some form of narration at the beginning, and uh, we're hearing this guy talking about that previously he never knew of what the world was like before Judgment Day, it was all pretty and green and shit, and we kind of get a cool opening sequence of uh, nuclear bombs destroying San Francisco, and this is where I was confused, because when they say, like, you know, Judgment Day happened on August 29, 1997, I'm like, wait, so... Terminator 3 didn't happen. Terminator 2 mm-hmm. didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, what? Um, so we learned that 3 billion people died. People were living like rats. This narrator guy was born after Judgment Day. They call these human-based uh, machines Terminators. Um, this kid is running through sewers and there's a dog and a Terminator. And, and we meet John Connor for the first time. It's Jason Clark. Um <laughs> Looks very familiar, uh, very much like Edward Furlong and Nick Stahl and Christian yeah. Bale. <laughs> All look alike. Um, and we kind of, you know, we, we know the story. He's the man's fight against the machines. He's kind of like a prophet. So sort of the second movie in a row where you sort of hear the words that he's sort of like a prophet, really. Um, and we sort of see this bond between these guys. This guy's Kyle Reese, by the way. It's Jai Courtney. He's grown up now. Uh, who played Kyle Reese better, Michael B or Jai <laughs> Courtney? 
<laughs> oh god. Um, I'd love to get Michael Bean on this show just to do like a commentary of like you suck, yeah. Jack Courtney. Um, <laughs> so they bond a little bit. They talk about what they would do if they won the war and going to his parents' house and having a cold beer and okay. Um, and they also we see a photo the the iconic term, uh, the Sarah Connor photo looks a little bit mm. different to Linda Hamilton. <laughs> Still a little yeah. bit younger, uh, a lot younger. Um, and basically their plan here is, uh, so Kyle Reese wants to go and be part of this Colorado mission, but uh, John Connor wants him to be part of this other mission where they've found um, Skynet's new weapon underneath their facility, which essentially this is their weapon. If they all fail, if Skynet gets defeated, this is what uh, they're going to use. So they infiltrate Skynet. Get some cool scenes here of like a, a, a Terminator driving a truck and them just blowing each other. It's great action stuff going on here at the beginning. Uh, and then basically Skynet gets defeated. We're like five minutes into this movie. We're like, fuck, that was quick. Um, and then we discover that this ultimate weapon that they are going to use, because we see sort of an assembly line of naked men, that's Jamie's dream. Um, and <laughs> this, this machine is the time machine. So we finally get to the point in the timeline where we discover why the Terminators have invented this time machine. It's because they've been defeated and they're sending them back in time to try and win again. So we see uh, the flash go off. We see naked young Arnie go back in time and then they go to the computer and discover that he's been sent back um, to Los Angeles in 1984. Um and we kind of get like a few intersector bits here. I like sort of their recreations of like the scenes in the first Terminator, like the guy in his truck, what the hell? Um, and then Nike Arnie uh, going through. Uh, and then they're having this discussion about how, oh, the target is my mother. Um, and then this is the scene we've all been dying to see the who's going to go back and plow my mother scene. Uh, yeah. Which- <laughs> John Connor's basically like, we need to send someone back to go kill this Terminator. Who wants to go back and protect my mother? And basically everyone puts, even women, put their hand up. (laughs) And say, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. (laughs) I just want there to be this alternate timeline where John Connor sends a woman back and he just disappears. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But this is like literally, like he right now is like, oh, fuck, who do I want to be my father? Um, So he knows, and he knows he's going to say about Kyle Reese, but what if like Kyle Reese turned out to be a dick? Like, what if he legitimately was an absolute terrible person? So, no, I want John over there to be my dad. Or, <laughs> like, Frank, Sergeant Reese Shaw of the 4th Battalion. I want him to go back and be my dad. Barnes! <laughs> um, but, no, he, he gets Carl, and, of course, he's got a plan. He's like, why should I send you back? Um, he's like, I would die for Sarah Connor. He's like, so would everyone here. <laughs> like... <laughs> Legitimately, is this just not the part where he should just be like, Reese, where are you? <laughs> Go back and plow my mother. <laughs> um, I do kind of like the line when he says, like, oh, she's a waitress, and somehow he doesn't know what a waitress is. Like, okay, I get it. Oh. He's lived in a post-apocalyptic world, but, like, were waitresses so taboo after the bombs went off? Like, okay, history never had waitresses. Let's not tell people what they are. <laughs> like they just call it the W word because like you don't even speak it. No, <laughs> there might be kids putting ice cream in their aprons. Like we don't want history to learn that this is what happened back in the day. There might be another person going. Just think in twenty years' time, who's gonna care? Like <laughs> it's been more than twenty years now. Obviously, no one cares. Um, so he's about to get sent back in time, 
because it, again they somehow just automatically know how to use a time machine like <laughs> exactly like back, back to the future to time in a date hit 88 <laughs> miles an hour boom you're there <laughs> <laughs> like it's just legit and like is skynet that dumb okay skynet's been defeated but like they still surely they've got a safeguard in their system to prevent other people from just using it like leaving the time portal open or something like that um, but anyway, so Kyle's about to get sent back. Of course, he's got to be naked, so we kind of get this crap. I do like this scene when he's, like, on the time bed and everyone's just staring at him. <laughs> like, just everyone's like, ooh, hello, Kyle. <laughs> Let's be honest, Jai Courtney's got a little dong. Like, I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he is how he is. He's overcompensating. <laughs> like, come on. The the overconfident ones always are. Uh, That's why I'm very shy. Um... So- <laughs> Don't need to be confident. Uh, so he's about to get sent back in time. But then all of a sudden, just as he's about to go back, we see uh, Matt Smith. There he is. Grab John Connor and um, basically, I didn't think it would be that easy, would you? And then this is where we start getting some weird flashes of Kyle seeing bits of children and houses and all these weird different things. And he gets sent back to 1984. Um I might just cap it here to, I mean, I, I don't know how much I've skipped over. Actually, I mean, this is where I think this is kind of interesting what's happening. Like it's, um, you know, we talked about this back when we did the Santa Claus 3. Like I'm not a fan of that movie, but I sort of like the bits where they send them back in time to kind of relive the first movie. And that's what I really like about like Back to the Future 2 is I, I love sort of them going back to 1955 and kind of doing that. And then I really like that with Avengers Endgame. Like I like a movie or a TV show where they can kind of do this and play around with it. I think it's fun and it can be clever. So right now I'm thinking like, great, this is going to be interesting. We're going back to 1984. Cool. This is going to be great. Uh, it's pretty much a dumpster fire after this moment though, but uh, so far so good. No, I, I'll still stand by. I think it's a good premise that really could have worked. It was just the wrong execution. Most of it comes down to that thing I said about, the timeline, they just explain everything away. Oh, it's just an alternate timeline. I mean, the reason the original Terminator movies work so well is because it was about we could be changing the future or we could be altering the future in the wrong way. Or now, you know, um, uh, we think that we've saved the future, but we've only delayed it. And this movie just says, you know what? No matter what you do, it's just creating an alternate timeline. So it just opens up infinite movies and there's no stakes to that. Uh, but the premise is good. Some of the execution, even in this early stuff, is bad, though. Like, the idea of making Reese John Connor's right-hand man, I don't think there's anything in the original movie that states that he's that close to John Connor. In fact, the way Michael Bean talks about him, it's like he's somebody he observed from afar, and maybe he's had a few... It's somebody he has reverence for. I mean, this is the leader. And would the leader, especially if we were coming off of these other Terminator movies, were like, you're going to take out all of your second, third, and fourth in commands. I know this is... You know, it's clear this is not following the other Terminator movies, but it's still logical that if it's too much of a risk for John Connor to die, that that would kill any chance of human surviving. His right-hand man is not just as valuable. Mm. So I, I would have rather them just made Reese a soldier that knew a little bit about John, but John kept a distance from him. You know, later on when he's telling stories about them, you know, drinking together and burning off their eyebrows, I'm like, I don't want the vision of John and Reese being like BFFs, you know? <laughs> like, it doesn't <laughs> fit my vision of Terminator. And also um, the idea about this central core. I mean, this was the entire plot of Salvation. There's a mysterious button or signal somewhere that if you cut off that signal, they all get shut down. The machines aren't adv- – they're advanced enough to merge a machine with a human 
but they're not advanced enough to actually hey let's spread ourselves out so there's not one shutoff switch for every machine everywhere uh so that's one of the many examples of things that are just rushed it's like oh the war's over oh but it's not we're doing something different <laughs> um and then when there's yeah, a million volunteers to go back and protect sarah you know again even if even if you don't have to look at him like jai courtney just says things and you want to punch him in the face <laughs> it's like <laughs> uh why why should i choose you because i know her you know her in 1984 <laughs> like john connor doesn't know her until late 80s at least everything he's gonna remember is from long after this, where she's a completely different person. In fact, John acknowledges that. He says, okay, Reese, I'll accept it because you know her best. But just so you're aware, she's nothing like you remember. She's going to be a wait. The W word. Sorry. Sorry. She's the W word. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not going to do what we did on another episode. I'm not even going to go there. Uh, but, um, yeah, it's just – it's it's one of the many things that just bothers me about this movie right away that they're not putting the effort in to have this make sense to an audience. Yes, John knows he's his father, but it, it also comes across like teacher's pet. Like, I want to see everybody else there. You know you, you know that, that episode of The Simpsons where Homer's coaching the football team and he just makes, Bart's our new quarterback, and he's the yeah. new kicker, and he's the new this, and he's the assistant coach. And you just see all the kids like, oh, great, Bart again. <laughs> I just want to see that where everybody's raising their, I'll do it, I'll do it. And Reese like, uh, I'll go. It's like, all right, Reese, you're our man. And everybody else <laughs> like, again, seriously? <laughs> uh, one of the many reasons I want to punch him in the face. Um, and then, yeah, the Matt Smith attack, like it just happened so quickly. They needed to at least show his character a little bit earlier than this because he appears in one shot and then he kills John Connor. And, and it, like, the audience has no clue what's going on. And, and it's not like one of these things where you're supposed to be confused about. I mean, there's too much in this movie to be confused about. And I also love when he starts getting all those flashbacks mm. and he sees it, what is it supposed to be, what, his 10th birthday party or something like that. And he's getting this Genesis operating system. I mean, can you imagine you know, a kid nowadays, the age of 10, and they open their birthday present, it's like, it's Windows 12 or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah! Like, you're getting excited about an operating system? And I, I, I even watching it the second time, I'm expecting it to be something fun. Like, this is this is an artificial intelligence thing. It Like, it's SimPal Cindy. It's your best friend. <laughs> and your operating system. But no, later on, they like, it's going to sync your phone to your computer to your car. Everything a 10-year-old loves. Basically what we already have. But uh, <laughs> it's called Google Home, everybody. Download or buy it now from your local retailer. It's called Siri, everybody. It's called everything that we already have. Um, also, how did nobody figure out... This is going back to salvation about how John just tells me Nobody has figured out that this is his father. I mean, the the special treatment he gives them, the fact that he, she keeps a picture. <laughs> I just... I really just want them to have John Connor keep this secret in a way where it makes sense. Because... Kyle Reese should know at this point. It's like, hey, you're plowing my mom. It's like, <laughs> you, you kind of made it clear, John. I know I know what the mission is here. Um, and the, the, the alternate 1984 stuff, in a way, it, it bothers me. I get when a movie will remake something and cast a young actor. But 
when you're telling people um, you're returning to the franchise, they're basically encouraging people, go back and watch the first movie. And now everything's a little different. There's no Bill Paxton. There's no Linda Hamilton. There's no Michael Bean. Like, it's all the same movie. But yet Arnold Schwarzenegger looks exactly the same. Something about that is off-putting to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I, 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 I have no problem with let's just remake a movie. But when you're tying it so close, if the only way I think this works is if there's no Arnold Schwarzenegger there. Because otherwise, you're watching that opening scene, which is cool to watch a shot-for-shot remake of the Bill Paxton scene where where he's a nice night for a walk, eh? <laughs> um, but when it's clear that everybody's completely different, it makes this feel like a movie and not like you're in the Terminator universe. Um, and uh, I don't know how clear this was to anybody in the audience uh, or we're not even at the point where the, they all come back. All right, let's stop there because my next bits of notes are all on the other questionable things that come up. This is legitimately how quickly I think we're going to get through this episode because like, we, just, <laughs> we don't care enough to sort of talk about it. Just quickly, though, John Connor, uh, uh, Jason Clark's portrayal. Um, I mean, I liked – I you really swayed me on Nick's style, but I think kind of – if we were to have this post-Judgment Day sort of war-esque John Connor, I like sort of what we get early on here because I think kind of, as I said, with Christian Bale, I didn't really get that feeling that he's going to turn out to be just this guy who yells all the time and is such an army person. Like, I feel Jason Clark brings a bit of a, a human side to it. Like, he's kind of like he's a strong leader, but also human. And, like, I'm with you. I don't really want to see the bromance between him and Kyle. But do you think kind of at least early on this is maybe more believable with how John Connor would have turned out not so yelly, screamy like Christian Bale did? Yeah, because, you know, the guy that we see in Terminator 2 who has just that brief moment, I think there might be a deleted scene with him. Um, he looks more brooding than angry. Uh, mm. And also, this is about saving humanity. You think there'd be a little bit of humanity in the character that is supposed to save humanity. And there is something about Jason Clark that when you're watching him, you're like, he feels like a commander, but he also feels like somebody who's relatable. And um, it, very similar to um, uh, what, what Reese says later on, like this movie's smart enough that they actually articulate what would work about young John Connor here, or I guess old John Connor, <laughs> um, <laughs> pre pre death John Connor here. Uh, it's like, I'm one of the few people who's ever seen him smile. And you don't see him smile here, but he doesn't look like so serious. And and the the Christian Bale's interpretation of this ultra serious guy, you don't get that people would want to follow him. Whereas Jason Clark, he's charismatic without actually being like out there and funny and quirky, you know. Yeah, no, that's a good explanation. I agree. Yeah, definitely. Uh, all right, let's go through some of this crap. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Reese is back. Um, Arnie recreates, yeah, the whole nice night for a walk, a eh, scene. Because uh, then, like, real well, other Arnie shows up to kill that Arnie. Uh, they have a fight. There's, like, a crosshair. We see someone, like, snipering um, the 84 Arnie compared to other Arnie. This is where it gets confusing, people. There's two Arnies, all right? One's old, one's young. <laughs> um, he gives a thumbs up to the crosshair person. Um, naked Kyle Reese gets uh, pants and kind of, you know, off the homeless person. And then we discover this cop and, you know, what's the day? What's the year? But like, what of, year? Course, of course, Jai Courtney just, what's the year? Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> you can't even imitate personality. 
Like, real, like even those guys, like, kind of do their best. Bill Paxton with the whole, like, yeah. nice night walk for work, eh? Like, they at least try, and you kind of feel like, okay, this is pretty decent. You know what would have been funny if they had got Bill Pullman to play uh, <laughs> the young Bill Paxton? Just <laughs> mess with people's minds. Hey, it's Bill Pullman. Um, <laughs> he should be in more things. I like Bill Pullman. Um... But yeah, so he goes to the alley, then he gets sort of this cop, you know, with the what? Yeah, but in Jai Courtney fashion. And this is where we discover that, oh no, this cop is a T-1000, uh, not Robert Patrick, uh, the esteemed guy, that I'm not even going to pronounce his name that you said before, because I'll butcher it even worse than you do. So we get this um, sort of, well, we're about to get a chase. Well, we do get a chase through the uh, department store again before the, these other cops arrest them. Uh, this guy's really trying to do his best Robert Patrick impersonation, isn't he? With kind of like the stone face look and kind of just the way he's doing it. Um, and one of the cops gets killed. Uh, the other guy who, because we really want to see this guy in the future. Like, was I honestly thinking that this guy's going to be J.K. Simmons in 30 years? <laughs> no. I do like this guy's reaction. It's going to be an alien from outer space. <laughs> <laughs> As opposed to all those other aliens from, like, Connecticut. <laughs> Mexico? <laughs> but I just love the way Gus is like, no, it's a machine. Set the kill back. And then when he's, like, calling back up, yeah, we got back up. Oh, it's a robot. It's a robot. <laughs> no wonder this guy's, like, laughed out of the police force. Like, come on. Uh, but then they're saved because a truck comes in and destroys the T-1000. Uh, and then we get there. Come with me if you want to live uh, with different looking Sarah Connor. Um, just there's just something about Amelia Clark in this movie that I just don't know. Is she overacting? Is she underacting? I don't know. But like Linda Hamilton betrays a sense of like innocence that turns into this hardened warrior. And I get it. Like this Sarah Connor is meant to be, you know, like the T two Sarah Connor. You know, she's learnt stuff. She's hard, but like. She's still a bit whiny, and she's still kind of a little bit almost, I don't, like, a bit damsel in distressy. Like, she doesn't really seem to do a lot of this stuff herself. Whereas, like, you never felt that from Linda Hamilton, particularly in Terminator 2. Like, she was completely capable of doing everything on her own. So, it just it just annoys me, this version of Sarah Connor. Even, what's her name, Lena Headley in, uh, obviously, Sarah Connor Chronicles was brilliant. You know what I mean? So, yeah, not a fan. Um... The truck drives off, there's a dead Arnie, and then there's another Arnie. And this is where we find out that 1984 has changed. Um, okay, so why? Uh, we're going to sort of loosely find out. Um, Kyle Reese sees Arnie, the old Arnie, and thinks he's going to kill him. He knocks him out, which <laughs> I did not kill him. <laughs> I just, I, did you not think of this as the room? I did not kill him. I did yeah. not. <laughs> Oh, there's another room moment coming up later. Oh, hi, Sarah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but then, like, even there are, like, people surely who bag out Terminator 3 for its bad comedy. Like, there are legitimate moments where you actually laugh. But, like, mm-hmm. the stuff in here is so bad. It's like, I did not kill him. Bite me. That is a very immature <laughs> response. <laughs> like, what? Exactly. It's so I, bad. <laughs> I was going to bring that up in this movie. That's like Terminator 3, even if you say the comedy was too much, the reason it was too much was because it actually did make you laugh too much. Nothing in this movie is funny, and it tries. 
we have like maybe the worst of all the let's put a cheesy song over something like with the bad boys moment which is oh that's just <laughs> so cringy um so yeah there's a whole thing going on here with arnie talking about you should be able to mate with kyle reese um and then it's just it's like oh stop bringing that up you're being emotional <laughs> it's time to get plowed <laughs> Like, he just... I just don't know what it is about. Just Maybe there's just no chemistry with any of these actors. Maybe that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Because, like, you just don't feel any form of chemistry between Arnold and anyone. This is Arnold Schwarzenegger. He usually has chemistry with most people. Um, so, Kyle Reese, meanwhile, is having more flashbacks that tell him he's got to go to San Francisco in 2017. They go to this hideout. We find out that Arnold Schwarzenegger's been given a name. He's Pops. Um... <laughs> After five movies, we've always wanted the T-800 to have a name. <laughs> Pops. Um, he's not old. Uh, he's old. He's not obsolete. Um, I do I do like the, hello, Kyle Nice to meet you. And I do like the little cheesy smile. smile. <laughs> like, that's kind of now, funny. Now, I, I wanted to ask... Um... I I've, I have the director's cut of T2 that I probably watch as much as the regular cut. I don't know if that was a deleted scene or if that was in the movie because there is a moment in T2 where John tries to teach him how to smile and he gives that really awful looking smile. And that's what this was in reference to. Now, was that in the original cut or is that directors only? Do you remember feel, watching that? I feel like when we watched it the other week, I feel like I saw that scene. So either I watched the director's cut or I just have seen it before. Um, I, I don't know. I, yeah, I really don't know. But I feel like I've seen that before. Mm-hmm. Nice throwback, though. You know, twenty something years later. Yeah, there's a few in this movie. I will say that kind of like, oh, okay, like that's a nice, yeah. But other than that, um, so yeah, we find out in this alternate timeline that a uh, Arnie was sent, oh, sorry, Pops was sent back to protect Sarah at nine because sure. Um, we also the T1000 has attached a little bit of himself to the truck, so he's been tracking them because that's a thing apparently. Um. <laughs> I mean, that could have helped in Terminator 2, but no, now all of a sudden this just happens to be a thing. I Like, the thing with this movie is, like, I generally write lots of notes and, like, overwrite notes. This one I've just barely written anything because I don't know if I'm missing shit or I'm just not caring because basically... If, if you write... I ran into the same problem because if you're writing one sentence, the scene's over by the time you get one yeah. note down. Yep. So, like, the T-1000 is chasing him. He gets blown up in a car. I've written here, share sexy stare... Uh, I don't know if that's between <laughs> Kyle and Sarah or Kyle and Arnie, maybe. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, we get this whole explanation about how the past was altered. And I, I don't know if I'm understanding how, because it seems to be just so quickly explained and, like, you meant to get it straight away. So, when John was sent back, he was attacked. So, that means that things were different. And now everything's different and... I, I mean, am I missing something here? Yes. Is, is that it? Is that simply no, it? No, it's, it's that convoluted. <laughs> because it's just like, um, okay. Uh, and then we got a whole thing that this is a, all a plan. So they've all deliberately gone to this place because they know this is exactly where the T-1000 is going to come and they want him to be there. So Arnie's going, we have 35 seconds. And then he like breaks through the window or less. Um, the T-1000 makes the other Arnie come to life. They have a fight. He gets electrocuted. Kyle Reese kills one, drops his iconic one-liner of when I volunteered for this shit because that goes out there with I'll be back and hasta la vista baby is some of the greatest Terminator lines ever. Um, 
We get a scene where T-1000 is pretending to be Kyle and, I'm Kyle, no, I'm Kyle, no, I'm Kyle. So Sarah shoots one in the foot. Um, when we get the whole bit in a moment when it's like, what if you shot the wrong person? It's like, oh, I had to, you know, I think I knew. Like, it just reminded me of, like, Dumb and Dumb. Like, what if you shot yes. me in the face? <laughs> <laughs> That's a risk we were willing to take. <laughs> and even there, Dumb and Dumb did it better. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I don't even know what I'm reading here. I've written... I'm just going to read my notes. Holds it underwater. Pretty sure it wasn't you. They have a time machine. Want to travel to 2017. How remember two timelines. Next uh, Nexus point. Oh, yeah, and Arnie. Like, Arnie's the one explaining, yeah. like, all the deep, meaningful shit. This is why we don't understand it. <laughs> like, there's a Nexus point. You've got to do this theoretically. Like, this is this is the the script here that to make it sort of, Oh, just don't worry about that, lol. Just play along with the movie. It was every time Arnold Schwarzenegger the drops line, theoretically. <laughs> it's just... and, and Kyle Reese's response was actually Jai Courtney trying to make sense out of this. It's like, can you program him to not talk like that? <laughs> I don't know if it's, is it Austin Powers 2 or 3 when they're like trying to explain. He's like, but what if I bump into myself? And he's like, oh, no, I've gone cross-eyed. And then like, yeah. Yeah, so it just like goes into the camera. Just try and play along with it and enjoy it. Okay, folks? And they, like, wink at the camera. Like, that's what they need here. It makes more sense in Austin Powers. <laughs> um, so they have a fight. Oh, we need to go to 1997. No, we need to go to 2017. Then Kyle grabs her hand and rubs it and is like, we go in a straight line or some shit. And she's all like, ah, oh, how did you know that? Uh, <laughs> so then they've got to go into the future and... They share a moment about John making moonshine. Um, there's a sexy shadow on the wall because it's a PG-13 movie, so we can't see Millie Clark naked. Um, Everybody had at this point anyways. I know. God, just Google Millie Clark just comes up with naked pictures from Game of Thrones. Not that I know. <laughs> a friend told me. Um, and, <laughs> um, and Carl Reese, I'll do whatever it takes to make you safe and plow you later on. Um <laughs> And then, what does is, what is Arnold say? Why did you not tell Kyle Reese the truth? Um, and he's just like, oh, because I didn't. I actually, honestly, was not thinking. I wasn't putting two and two together here. That he's referring to the fact that he's John Connor's father. I thought there was something else. There's going to be another plot twist here or something like that. Um, but I do I do like the line, though, when Arnold says, like, did you mate? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, and then when she's hugging him, this is a meaningless gesture. <laughs> I feel like that's you. Like I feel like that's you when yes. like Jamie hugs you. Like this is a meaningless gesture. That's you when you like created your children. This is a meaningless gesture. Like get me pregnant. <laughs> um, so they've got to get naked. Arnie's sad that they've got to go back in time. Um, it's sexy naked hugging in a time machine. Um, Think about all those iconic sexual moments from movie history, and this is up there with none of them. Um, like the pottery and ghost, yeah. and then the sexy time machine hug in Terminator Genesis. Like the, the naked drawing in Titanic. Um, <laughs> you know, even the dirty dancing scene in Dirty Dancing. Like, I mean, <laughs> the naked awkward hug between two actors who have no ke- chemistry between each other. And like, oh, I can't wait for these two to bone. At least with, like, Michael Beam within three seconds of him meeting Linda Hamilton. It's like, yeah, I want to see these two bone. They've got some chemistry. Um, It's like, no. Kyle Reese has more chemistry with Arnold Schwarzenegger, and he doesn't have any. He does. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> That's not a lie. He's more chemistry with Jason Clark. <laughs> um, but like, and why does Arnold Schwarzenegger seem to just have so much emotion in this movie? Because he's like staring off into like, I'm sad. She's going into the future. Like, and yet uh, he spent. So much time in this movie trying to make him more robotic with, like, when she is trying to hug him and everything. Yeah, it's just, it's, uh So they go back to San Francisco. I'll leave it there. Uh, <laughs> yes. Oh, boy. Um, all right, so where to start here? Okay, so one thing I did really like, and, and I probably never noticed this when I saw Genesis originally, but having watched Terminator 1 only a month ago, uh, there was that moment where... Reese is there and you see the hobo looking at him when he emerges naked and the next thing you know Reese is putting on the clothes and the cops chase him like did he just kill that guy they actually <laughs> retcon that here where as he's running past everything he's putting on the pants and the cops are chasing him you have that hobo saying that guy just stole my pants <laughs> I see, Which, it reminds me of the back to the future guy like crazy drunk driver <laughs> exactly but now at least we know Reese did not murder a man as soon as he landed in 1984 <laughs> he just stole a homeless man's pants so that homeless man's gonna freeze to death so basically he did kill him uh but um yeah the, the, i also was bothered by his whole what year it's like <laughs> you can't even imitate somebody with personality it's what's wrong with you man uh and then um yeah, during the the chase scene where the two now it is it's an interesting twist where you're in the 1984 and all of a sudden you know oh the t-800 is actually killing another t-800 and we're coming off of movie after movie after movie where they spoiled things in the trailers were like how well would that have played if it didn't get spoiled but there's something that all of the terminator movies retained even after james cameron left and that's when these T-800s appear, there's this weird slow-mo thing. Like, remember even T-3 uh, in the, the veterinarian clinic or whatever, and you have Arnold appearing for the first time, and he's, John Connor, it is time. And, and John's like, you're here to kill me. That really slow-mo thing that's supposed to be like, like oh, it's fear. What's going to happen here? They needed that one shot of mm. when the, T-8, the old T-800 appears and you're like, wait, what's going on? But everything in this movie just flies by way so quickly. They don't even have time for slow-mo to do what's basically a signature shot of the Terminator when he's introduced in these movies. And I can't – now just thinking about them, like how much more would that have helped just sell this whole, oh, something's wrong with 1984. Everything's changed. They don't even let you actually dwell on that, nor is there even a moment later on where Reese's meeting Sarah, it's like, you're not a waitress. Like, there is nothing. It's just, oh, well, this is the the future. Sorry, uh, this isn't what you were expecting, but everything's changed. Um, just give us something. And uh, w- during the escape here, when they're in the department store, <laughs> when they had the, the, I had the subtitles on, and they have the young J.K. Simmons character, it keeps repeatedly saying young O'Brien. And again, I haven't forgotten most of this movie. I'm like, why is it saying young O'Brien? I'm like, wait, wait, I think this is the guy who ends up being J.K. Simmons later on. Uh, Nobody in the audience is going to be able to connect these dots. Even Mm. when J.K. Simmons appears, I'll I'll complain more about later, but even when J.K. Simmons appears later, it's just like, again, let's speed right through it. Don't take any time to let the audience catch up with this extremely fast-paced movie that's – I almost feel like that's that's doing it a disservice uh, and giving it more credit than it deserves because this isn't an overly complicated movie. It's it's a very simple movie 
that has an overly complicated way of telling you the plot by just not slowing down enough to tell you anything. Uh, and, you know, when we have Sarah reintroduced and she has that come with me if you want to live, again, it's a nice moment. We have a 45-second chase scene, which if this were any other Terminator movie, this would have been going on for 45 minutes, not only 45 seconds. Uh, and you want, you think you in a movie that's moving this fast – Usually the complaints are, oh, it's just like we've been saying for this entire franchise. It's chase, dialogue, chase, dialogue, chase, dialogue. This is like dialogue, chase, dialogue, <laughs> chase. <laughs> the audience wants to see some action. Let them see something. Um, and, and when she has that moment where she's saying to Arnie, so he's the guy I've been waiting my entire life for. You know, they have these two at odds right away, which it would be interesting to explore that because I started thinking to myself – these two fell for each other because she was the girl who, you know, oh, this guy's coming and he's telling me about the future and this is the most exciting thing. Like, we saw her getting stood up. She was such a boring person that her boyfriend was willing to stand her up. So you get that she would fall for any guy from the future who comes and you get that he's been fantasizing about this woman. So now when you reintroduce these two characters, they are different people or at least she's a different person. So maybe they wouldn't click. Why not make that part of the story? Like Arnie says it here where he's like, have you mated yet? Have that be one of the complications. By coming back in time and changing your personality, now you may not fall in love. Yeah. <laughs> it could have been a really interesting plot. When in back Terminator in Salvation. Exactly. And in, in Salvation, you know, we we're saying what what was not making it a Terminator movie, and one of the things we pinpointed was they they don't spend enough time on the whole. Well, you you reset the future by taking out Kyle Reese, even though it's the plot of the movie. They don't. It, it, it's exact opposite movies here, isn't it? Salvation mm. had ideas that it didn't spend the time uh, developing, and this is a movie that spends the time developing it, but just not enough time for you to understand it. Uh, but that could have been the plot of the movie, and instead they just make it like, oh, it's a will or will they or won't they thing. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> make it something of excitement make it something where you've changed the future instead making it that it's all an alternate timeline which arnie spells out in the whole nexus whatever blah 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 um it actually makes me less invested in the movie because to say this is a timeline you're telling the audience oh this is just one version of how it could happen which also when we get later on it's going to make me question why did the machines put all of this time and effort into something that is only going to be relevant in one out of billions of timelines. <laughs> like there is no point in changing any of this. If you know that this is not your main timeline, uh, it's just, it gets all very frustrating here. Um, oh, what else? Uh, uh, <laughs> There's nothing hap like there's nothing of value in this movie. Uh, but when he said we have approximately 35 seconds, of course I made a joke that that's exactly how long the next action sequence is going to be, and it was. Uh, <laughs> that's what I used the, to say uh, to my Tinder dates. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you just put that Ben Wong or less. <laughs> we have approximately 35 seconds or less. Oh, oh oops, or less. <laughs> um, I. I almost like the idea that this T-1000 can reactivate the other T-800 with just a, a drop of its liquid metal, mm. except that would have changed all of T-2. Like, this isn't some super advanced T-1000. This is supposed to be the exact same 
type of T-1000 that Robert Patrick was in the original. So how all of a sudden can it just flick its finger at the T-800 and the T-800 is reactivated? Plus, it drops liquid metal into its eyeball after Sarah took it out by basically blowing a hole in the equivalent of its heart. So how is this drop in the eye going to reactivate its heart? I don't understand that. Um, did you cover the whole, yeah, the acid leak thing? Uh, oh. Yeah, I didn't understand. Like, for a long time, like, is he dying because he's getting wet? Like, what yeah. is that stuff? <laughs> I mean, they show it drip on Sarah, and it kind of burns through her coat or whatever. Uh, so, okay, it's acid. So when she blows all the holes in the roof when the T-1000 is coming after it, and uh, you have 15 seconds of the movie approximately and this acid starts breaking down the liquid metal of the t-1000 i was with them there and then when it slowly starts to come out again and arnold schwarzinger t-800 starts holding it underneath this waterfall now of liquid metal or of uh, acid the t-1000 breaks down again but only the skin on arnold schwarzinger's arm breaks down if liquid metal is broken down, why is regular metal not broken down by this acid? Like, they've actually contradicted themselves in one shot. That's how sloppy this movie is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did like the Did You Mate line. I wanted it to be followed by, why not? He's a healthy male of breeding age. <laughs> and have you seen from- those abs? Mm. <laughs> um, when they have, like, their... The, the longest scene in the movie is them changing clothes, even though we don't see anything. Uh, which, by the way, you know, like you said, everybody had seen Amelia Clark naked at this point. Um, she actually put it in her contract at Game of Thrones after a while that she was no longer going to do nudity because she spent half the series naked. Uh, Jamie has just watched, at the time of recording this, uh, the uh, very unpopular series finale of Game of Thrones, the most unpopular end to a series since Lost. Alan Taylor, we're looking at you. <laughs> but... Um, uh, Jamie watched the finale with me, having me explain most of the last season to her as I'm going, okay, this is what happened with this character, only in the finale to say the words to me, well, don't spoil it for me. I'm like, you're watching the final episode. What am I spoiling? <laughs> she then went back, rewatched the first episode on her own, said, I'm finally starting to understand everything now. Like that Jon Snow guy, he's Sean Bean's son. I'm like, did you forget everything that we just watched oh, in the final Spoiler, season? I haven't watched it yet. No, 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 no never no. watched it. No. <laughs> That, the reason I said that is because that's the what they say he is, but he's not. He's revealed to be something else. But Jamie missed ah, that. Another point. spoiler! But- <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. Spoiler, okay. <laughs> here's the good. Here's the good part. Here, uh, Jamie finished the episode. She goes, "By the way, that lady that plays the dragon lady." I'm like, "Yeah, the the one from Terminator and Solo." She's like, "Yeah." It's like that is my dream body, and of course, I'm like, "That's my dream body." Uh, <laughs> Jamie's like, "If I ever had." If I ever had to have what I want my perfect body, I want it to be her body. And, of course, you know what I was thinking. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so um, Jamie has already seen more nudity than this movie was willing to show. And people complained about Salvation having a PG-13 rating, which, as we detailed in the last episode, came down to cutting out one nude shot and one stab through the chest. Everything in this movie is neutered. The violence is neutered. The tone of the movie is neutered. I mean – they don't even show them from the shoulders down. Uh, and when they're in this time bubble here thing here, when they're clutching each other, there's the one of the biggest plot holes I uh, discovered about this movie. You can send two people through this. So when there were 80 people volunteering, 
<laughs> and he's like, oh, it's you. Okay, but we can fit more of us in there. No, 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 just him. If these people seem to understand how time travel works, I mean, there's no question. Oh, you can fit two of us in there. Why didn't he send another volunteer? Um, had an orgy. But, exactly. A time travel orgy. <laughs> uh, but uh, when, when I do like the at least the continuity of we need to age Arnold Schwarzenegger. He says the flesh on my arm will take too long to grow again. Why is that a problem? <laughs> like, we've never seen you with a glove on? This is every single movie. No, I must wait 20 years. Or how long is it? 35 years? 34 years? Whatever it is. Over 30. I must wait the 30 years. It will jeopardize the future if I don't have skin on my arms. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> like, just come right out and say, you know, I'm too old to go through the time bubble. <laughs> it will fracture my brittle arthritic knee. Like, this doesn't even make sense. The you should come with his pops. Relax. I will see you Relax. in 30 years. <laughs> and it's like, I need the flesh to regrow on my arm. But everything else is aging in the process. <laughs> oh, just so many mistakes in this movie. So they arrive in modern day, well... Is it modern day? This movie, what, came out in 2015? So this is, what, 2017 they're in? Is that right? So, well, it's... Eh. Again, they, they don't know what the timeline is. Um, they're in modern San Francisco, naked in the middle of a street, because why not? Um, I mean, I, I will say that I actually appreciate the fact, for, the, for once that their time travel puts them in a dangerous situation. Like, why do they never? Why do they always just happen to land in an alley or a shop front in, you know, Beverly Hills? Like, they never arrive in the middle of a, you know, a roaring volcano or, like, a, a sh- shark attack or something. So here they are. In- and how do they know, like, none of the people who invented this time travel or even know how to control the machines know where things were in 1984 or whatever. Like, what if they just materialize in the middle of a brick wall? Yeah. And they're just stuck there for life. <laughs> yep, that's it. They're just, they're locked in there. Help me, I'm here to save the future. <laughs> and then you bang, Sarah Connor. Oh, shit. God damn it. Um, but in the middle of this giant highway, they're naked. And there just happened to be cops there straight away to arrest them. Um, I mean, you know, two fairly young, attractive people naked in the middle of a street. Like, you know, I'm surprised there's not people just getting out of the car going like, yeah, go on, get to it. <laughs> um, Show us your boots. Because <laughs> <laughs> the rating won't let us see them, but we've already seen them in Game of Thrones. <laughs> um, and, you know, they're bonding because they're naked and shit and great. So... <laughs> <laughs> I think you hit by a car too, and they survive that. Cool. Um, then, as they get taken back to, I guess what's going to be the hospital. They, I mean, is this meant to be a part where we're meant to care about their characters bonding? Because I don't Ugh. know. It's just the dialogue in this movie really isn't that great. So bad. I don't know if I've ever really um, written down too much here. Is this where she says like that she got? how she was under the water and it is isn't it so she's basically telling the story about how in this alternate timeline uh she was in a boat somewhere and then the water turned to liquid metal and then arnie came and rescued her this is a movie i want to see like we see kind of the flashback of you know 1980s arnie picking up this little girl hiding under a, a dock and she's got this like terrified look on her face i mean Seriously, that sounds awesome. Imagine having a movie where you're like on a boat in the middle of the water and all of a sudden the water's like liquid metal and you've got these Terminators coming after you. 
Like, they've, they've blown their wad here. That's the movie we want to see. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, how go, much go would ahead. It cost to keep how much would it cost to keep Schwarzenegger young that long? Well, yeah, he's, he's not Tom Cruise. He does age pretty badly. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, great. And this is where we learn that... Um, have we already had that section where... I, see, I can't remember anything that's happened in this movie. The where <laughs> the whole touch of the hand thing and like, oh, go in a straight line. This isn't this is where she tells that that happened. No, this is where she's telling him that will happen so that it happened previously. Yeah. I don't know. It's confusing, people. Um, I think we also get a shot here of Arnie showing up late to them arriving and we're going to get a really poor line later on when he says it's due to traffic. But I do like the bit when he, what does he say to that person beeping the horn at him? He's like, bite me. Bite me. (laughs) Dickwad. (laughs) It's so bad. But like the only time you can slightly laugh at anything in this movie is when Arnold Schwarzenegger is the one who delivers the line. (laughs) Talk to the hand. Uh, <laughs> relax! <laughs> Missed that? opportunity. Someone just done that when he did the beep, 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 beep. Relax! Uh, <laughs> I'm going to bust you up, man! Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> meanwhile, we meet J.K. Simmons for the first time. Uh, <laughs> because he shows up talking to our... Um, New future cop people. Who is this woman? This woman's familiar. Um, is there a woman here? <laughs> the, the woman cop. Um, I was meant to look her up, but I wouldn't have to tell you what her name is. Uh, oh, Sandrine Holt is her name. There we go. Oh, yeah. She's Canadian. But she's off lots of things, right? Like, what she was, Wasn't she in 24? Uh, I kept 24 yes. while she was on. Oh, certain. she was Evelyn. Yeah. In, was that season six? The one that we all like to forget? Uh, (laughs) I think Uh, that might have been her. She was in the X-Files as well, one of the newer reboot episodes. Uh, Like, I know she's one of these Canadian actors that did a lot of TV shows here in Canada. Uh, And then when I think I saw her on 24, I'm like, oh, they got another Canadian on there. And then she did this movie and I forgot she existed. Yeah, no, I'm I'm pretty sure. I, I, I definitely can picture her. Um, but I'm guessing... She's on House of Cards? Maybe that's also where I know her from, too. Gillian Cole? Who's Gillian Cole? Mr. and Mrs. Cole's daughter. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, again, it's clear she's got one of these faces where it's like, oh, you know her. I mean, she's literally done the TV bingo of the mid-2000s, hasn't she? Uh, CSI, uh, 24, (laughs) Criminal Minds. That's a bingo. Um, <laughs> she was in Homeland as well. So, there, okay, she's been in a lot of things that I've watched. So, that's why I recognize her. Uh, I like her. So, but just mm-hmm. not in this movie. Um, and that guy, <laughs> the guy's familiar too. Who, who is he? Michael Gladys. Um, Gladys is such an old lady name. Um, uh, he was in, oh, he was, oh, there we go. He was Eugene Rossi in Third Watch. There you go. I know who he is. <laughs> Um, oh, of course. <laughs> you knew who he was, you know. How <laughs> uh, you haven't interviewed him? I, I don't know. He's too big now. He's in Terminator Genesis. Like, you know, couldn't oh, touch this him. Is pa- no, this is Paul from Mad Men. I know him. You ever watch Mad Men? I haven't, actually. It's on the list. Um, it's yeah. it's definitely one I want to get around to. 
Uh, so anyway, yes, we meet the esteemed TV uh, actors from the 2000s, hamming it up with J.K. Simmons, who actually was also in an episode of Third Watch. So, you know, don't laugh at everyone who's been in Third Watch. Um, <laughs> but what what is the purpose of J.K. Simmons in this movie? Can we, can we put oh, this I out? I don't know. <laughs> like... <laughs> it's... Like, I, I, I love J.K. Simmons and everything. I, I think I even said it, like, what, an hour ago. Even J.K. Simmons is not good in this movie, and it's not his fault. I mean, this character, I see the what they wanted to go for, like somebody that could connect the two time periods. And all, honestly, the only point he has in this future time period is that he helps them, but they don't need somebody to show them to the roof. It's this way to the roof. There's a helicopter up there. Like the plot would have served itself fine without that. And yeah. it, it, it's even more confusing because – We've watched all these other Terminator movies where every time somebody's like, so there's robots from the future and they're going to eventually take over. This thing else got it. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> Just take a walk here with Dr. Silverman. How does this guy not only not get committed, but keeps his job in a high ranking position in the Los Angeles Police Department? Yeah. Uh, and like, then the, he's got about the cliche of, oh, you've been drinking again. Um, and just, like, crap like that. And, like, I mean, he does deliver a pretty funny line, though, when he, what is he, like, goddamn stupid robots from the future destroying, like, that line that he says, too. <laughs> like, I do like that line. But, I mean, you could have gotten anyone else but J.K. Simmons to fill this role. And... Yeah. Michael said, Gladys could have done it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He could have, you Rene know... Rene Russo. <laughs> Rene Russo could have easily come <laughs> in and done this. Um, but it's just it's just such a wasted a waste of J.K. Simmons. Um, yeah. It really is. I mean, people say in Justice League, oh, you wasted J.K. Simmons. But, I mean, God, he's still good in Justice League as Commissioner Gordon. He looks all mm. gruff and points a bat light at the sky, um, <laughs> which is more than he does in this movie. Anyway, um, there's still a lot of drama going on. Sarah and uh, Kyle are getting checked over and stuff, and then they can't be found uh, in their system. Oh, and then this is where we hear about Genesis, about this this nurse doctor guy who's just basically like, oh, I can't wait for Genesis. It's going to hook everything up, all my apps and everything. Oh, oh, oh. Like, again, this is just something that we've got. This is life. <laughs> this, is, this is 2019. Everything is like this. And who is this excited over an operating system? Like, people get excited over, like, iPhones and Samsungs and Star Wars movies and Avengers movies. Like, no one's going, oh, my God, Windows 23 is about to drop. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Kids are getting the pre-orders for their birthday. Like, that's how hot this operating system is. It's so stupid. And, like, who, who, I mean, it's, is Apple and Windows obsolete in this version of the world? Like, mm-hmm. is this the third rival to to that? Like, it's just it's just stupid. Um, yeah. So J.K. Simmons comes in and calls them time travelers because he's all like, "You'll look exactly the same as I saw you in 1984." Because we realise this is a cop that was in the store before. And did he even see Sarah Connor when she came through in that truck? Like, I don't was- understand that. That's also really dumb because it was so dark. He got a quick glimpse of them. And I'm sorry. Like, how many years has passed between this 1984 to 2017? So we're looking at what, like 33, 30 something, 33 years. Okay, I'm like barely older than that. (laughs) I'm not going to remember the face of somebody that I saw for 30 seconds. Not even five years ago. Mm. And so this, how am I? How are you going to know from thirty three years earlier? Especially if you drink that heavily. Well, this is what it's meant to be implied, and I think it gets lost is the fact that he's spent his life obsessing over this. 
um, mm-hmm. because of one brief encounter. And okay, fair enough. Like if you were in that profession and you saw a freaking alien robot or whatever, like do that, you'd probably hold a bit of an impression on you. But are you really going to have this obsessing over for thirty three years when that's what he just saw? It's it's kind of. It's just strange. It's just so strange. And it's, it's, again, such a waste of J.K. Sims. And then why are Kyle and Sarah treated like they are freaking terrorists here? Like, just because we can't find their <laughs> name on the... Well, because they're naked and you can't find their names on the system. Okay, so we're going to mm-hmm. handcuff you to the bed and call Homeland Security. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is 16 years after 9-11. If this was set in the year 2001 or 2002, gonna understand it. 16 years have mm-hmm. passed, people, all right? We've... You know, yes, we live in a more secured world, but I don't think we're this antsy about naked people with no names. <laughs> and, like, nobody has ever rolled around in the street naked in Los Angeles? Come on. <laughs> uh, but in San Francisco, they haven't. It's a that's a clean city, Colin. Oh, um, yeah, of course. <laughs> really not, actually. Uh, um so is this where she drops the whole, you know, don't think me holding on to you naked meant anything because it didn't? Oh, like, yeah, you want to talk? Like, let's just stop on that for for a second. This is verbatim what the line is. Don't think me holding on to you naked meant anything. It did not. <laughs> like, it didn't. Wouldn't have sufficed. She has to go. It did not. Like, this is Tommy Wiseau. Don't think me holding on to you to naked meant anything. It did not. I was literally about to say that. That is pure classic. The room. You just and this is like, and you know what's so funny? John Connor walks in right now. So this is where she should be. Like, oh hi, John. Oh hi, John. <laughs> it did not. Oh hi, John. Like. Seriously, we're we're about, we're we're in the middle of Star Wars, and I'm sure we're, we've already brought this up. <laughs> Nobody is allowed to mock the bad dialogue in the Star Wars prequels if you liked Terminator Genesis. This may be one of the worst scripts ever written because it's coarse and rough and irritating. And it gets everywhere, and, and it gets everywhere. And if you missed Just our like five-hour talk Jai- about last week, download it. <laughs> Just like Jai Courtney rolling around the streets naked, it's coarse and rough and irritating, and it gets everywhere. But, I mean, again, back to that, I, I don't know, like, does Jamie look at a naked Jai Courtney and go, ooh, look at those shoulders? Like, again, is this meant no. to be a thing? Like, Jai Courtney's attractive? Like, I, I mean, maybe he is, because he did that Spartacus TV show, right? That's all, you know, shirtless guys. Maybe he has a fan base out there, but, I mean, I've watched several Jai Courtney movies with Jamie. I don't think she has ever given him a second look. She gives 70-year-old Arnold Schwarzenegger second, third, and fourth look. Jai Courtney couldn't care less. But again, like, this is where, like, women and men need to realize that the abs don't make the attractiveness. Case in point, mm-hmm. Channing Tatum. Like, put a shirt on him, <laughs> like, and look at your thumb, look at his face. It looks the same. Like, every person you talk to who says Channing Tatum is attractive, all it replies is, oh, that body. Like, no one has ever said Channing Tatum has an attractive face. Like it's... And you know what? I'm going to tie this to Terminator here. I want you to watch any Channing Tatum movie. Look for one single frame where the man blinks. He doesn't have the ability to blink. <laughs> and I, I defy <laughs> you to find a shot of him blinking in a movie. And I feel bad for bagging out Channing Tatum because the guy was brilliant in Logan Lucky. And, you know, he actually can... He's not Ryan Gosling. Like, <laughs> who I get those two confused because women love them. Um, but, yeah, anyway. The Channing Tatum month coming after Rene Russo month. No, it's not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
I'd rather do Channing Tatum month than Ryan Gosling month, but you know. <laughs> or Jack Courtney month. We'll put a poll up on our website. Uh, what would you prefer? <laughs> Channing Tatum, Ryan Gosling, or Jai Courtney month? And if Jai Courtney month wins, we're out. We're done. We will well, do we've twi- done half this relevant filmography. <laughs> we will do Twilight before we do <laughs> Jai Courtney month. Oh, God. Well, I mean, maybe we have to do Twilight now. I mean, it took him 12 years, but finally oh, yeah. he's a bat, so. Um, I did like. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they cast him. Yes. It makes sense. Like, you know, uh, <laughs> they're all connected. This is where we're going to find out that all the Twilight and Batman movies are all connected. Uh, and then everyone's going to love like, Twilight. <laughs> you know, for all we know, Robert Pattinson's already been, like, scrapped from the movie and replaced with Jai Courtney, and this joke just doesn't make any sense anymore. <laughs> People are going, that makes no sense, guys. Like, Robert Pattinson died, and now Jai Courtney's Batman. <laughs> yes! <laughs> How insensitive of you, Ben! <laughs> the man suffered a terrible, terrible fate. It's almost like you... He was mauled by bats, okay? <laughs> what a terrible thing to bring up. It's almost like you recorded this episode in the week that he was announced as Batman. Like, <laughs> it's very strange. Yet we're hearing this episode so later in the year. I don't understand it. Um, so and don't- why are you guys trashing Jai Courtney so much? He just came off of winning an Academy Award. <laughs> it was so good in that movie that they brought the Oscars forward six months yes. purely to award him an Academy Award. Never been done before. But seriously, you should have seen him in that movie. <laughs> and best supporting actor Ryan Gosling oh, okay, okay he's been nominated for Oscars so we shouldn't joke about that um, so uh, John Connor walks in <laughs> because why not uh, here's, your, here's your big well your first of like two kind of quick plot sort of like twists happening in the space of a few moments because you know John Connor's here it's like holy crap like what the hell and again, I swear that trailers had spoiled a lot more of like who he was. So, and like, I mean, I think they did, yeah. And I, having never seen this movie, knew the spoilers. Like, I did not was not unspoiled. I'd sort of watched, I think, the honest trailer when it first came out years ago, and I'd seen reviews and bits and bobs here and there. So I sort of knew this. Um, but again, this is meant to be this big, huge moment because this is the first time that we're going to see John Connor meeting Sarah Connor, like in this. I guess capacity, um, but it just it's it's lost. Like it, I don't really care. <laughs> I, don't yeah. think, I think I meant to, but I don't. Um, J.K. Simmons is watching TV. Excuse me, I'm choking on my own burps here. Apparently, uh, <laughs> this movie. This movie makes you gassy. <laughs> we see Danny Dyson on TV here having a bit of oh, a of course, chat because you know everything needs to be connected uh, in this aspect. Um, and then, so John Connor basically helps them escape because, again, they're terrorists wanted by Homeland Security. Um, Arnold shows up here too, doesn't he, at some point, um, to the hospital. He's got a giant teddy bear. (laughs) (laughs) I do like the shot of Arnold Schwarzenegger just walking with a giant teddy bear. J.K. Simmons watching on. Um, and then they're in the parking lot and John Connor calls Kyle Reese dad, uh, which... I guess he's meant to be a whole, like, oh, why is he doing that? Something's not right here. Um, it's weird. And then Arnie comes in and shoots John Connor, and then we think that, you know, Kyle is all like, oh, I told you he was a bad guy. And then we realise that, oh, no, plot twist, John Connor is a Terminator. Uh, 
I, I I mean, like realistically, this is just dumb. Uh, is this the yeah. dumbest thing of the whole movie? Because we kind of then get the flashback, flash forward, whatever it is, where we see when Kyle went back in time and Doctor Who turns John Connor into a Terminator. <laughs> and this is basically what the whole movie is, is that this is why the timeline's alternate, that they've sent John Connor back to kind of their, their thing is what that they the only reason they've never been able to succeed and i'm trying to understand this is because they can't kill the connors so why not turn john connor into terminator to go back and finish what they keep there's so many other things they could have done here <laughs> um, i mean oh they the do list kn- of things that don't make sense here they do know that families like like sarah connor had a mother right and then she had a mother and yeah. then she had a mother uh, I mean, they've seen Back to the Future. They could have prevented Sarah Connor's mother and father from meeting. Like, um, shall we list all the other possibilities they could have had here rather than turning John Connor into a Terminator? And then this is where it gets mm-hmm. confusing because, again, even the characters struggle with this. Like, if we kill John Connor, will we not exist? Like, but how does that work when they're in this timeline which everything has changed and in this timeline John Connor's a Terminator? So how does any of this future exist anyway now when this is what the mm-hmm. oh I'm, I'm, my head is exploding oh no i've gone cross-eyed <laughs> <laughs> anyway plot twist john connor's the terminator uh let's talk about this it's stupid okay moving on uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> do you have anything to say on this <laughs> oh a lot um <laughs> okay so first of all uh, does it feel to you like this series just slowly killing the mythology of John Connor. Yes. Like they built it up in the first two movies and well, the first three movies really. And then salvation. It's like, well, but he's not really the great military leader you thought. And they actually wanted to kill him in that movie. And then in Genesis is like, well, let's just turn him into a bag. It's like, no matter who is involved in this movie, we've had different producers. We've had different companies owning the rights. We've had different directors, writers, producers, every single person's mission from this until if you, you've read some of the rumors, maybe even Dark Fate, their entire goal is let's just find a way to get rid of the John Connor thing. Like, why? This is what the fans want. They want to see this incredible leader who can take on, you know, the machines in the future. And turning him into a Terminator, I mean, I, I remember the first time it was sort of hinted at that he could be the villain. Uh, the very first images that were released to this movie, which, you know, looked pretty official, but it was probably, you know, like leaked images in quotes leaked uh, was the, this hospital scene where John appears and they have, uh, you know, when they're holding guns on John and all these people start, what is going on here? Is John somehow going to be the villain? And then they do spoil it so badly in the trailer, but I don't feel like at any point this ever works because as a fan of those first three movies, I still want to see him as the great military leader. I don't know why anybody thought this is a good idea. Let's have John as the big villain, especially as a horrible-looking Terminator. Like when we see him in Terminator form or whatever, it just looks terrible. Not even just that it's all CGI. It's just a bad design too. And things that don't make sense here, like they mention early in the movie – I'm one of the few people that's ever seen John smile. So somehow you merge him with a machine. Arnold Schwarzenegger's a machine, barely knows how to smile. And yet all Jason Clark does for the second half of this movie is grin like an idiot. <laughs> and it makes no sense because if he's part machine now, he should be smiling even less. And suddenly he's developed a personality like I don't buy it. Um, and plus with this whole alternate timeline thing, the machines know this is a different timeline. 
So they come up with this entire plot saying, we're going to go back in time and we're going to change history. But not our history. We're going to create a different history that will only be relevant in one out of a hundred million scenarios. Like, why are they even doing this? It's frustrating to even think about that somebody sat down and said, this makes sense on paper. It will make sense on screen. Uh, oh, I got! I just have a massive list here of problems with this movie. Uh, let's start with the performances and the dialogue. Like you said, the "Don't think me holding on to you naked meant anything." <laughs> it did not. Um, oh, Jai John. Courtney, <laughs> Jai Courtney, who couldn't emote what year, <laughs> has the most over-the-top moment in this entire movie. When the whole John versus T eight hundred altercation is going on, where suddenly he just goes, "Because he's a killer." <laughs> Where did that come from, Jai Courtney? <laughs> and where was that when we needed you to go, what year? So we just found out that it was going to be in another box office bomb because you're a killer! Yeah, exactly. You're a killer! You're killing my career! <laughs> um, also, the whole... <laughs> even the first time I saw this, like you keep wondering, well, they've altered... Things they could have expanded on more, just like Salvation... Interesting ideas in this movie they could have expanded on more, like when they're showing Sarah and Kyle don't exactly get along because her personality is different than it was supposed to be in 84, and maybe that's throwing him off, and all the stories are different, and she's like, this is the guy I've been waiting for, Jai Courtney? Couldn't you give me Michael Bean or something? (laughs) Or Anton Yelchin, something? Wasn't there a bunch of other sexy Australian actors in that period? Where's Hugh Jackman? Where's Chris Hemsworth? God, even Sam Worthington. I would have settled for Sam Worthington. Jai Courtney, seriously? (laughs) But, um... I remember when I first saw this, and I kept wondering, like, is this going to be the plot point? Like, are they never going to mate? And all of a sudden, they roll naked through the street, and I'm thinking, and she's pregnant. That's how it's done. (laughs) And that's how Colin learned about babies. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Yeah, the J.K. Simmons plot makes no sense at all. It doesn't need to be there. Here's another one of the big plot holes. Danny Dyson. Why is this a thing? Okay. I mean, Miles Dyson only had a career because an arm and a chip were left behind in the original 1984. In this 1984, the arm and the chip do not exist. Therefore, Cyberdyne as a company should never have had anything. What would They probably would have just been developing, I don't know, apps like Spotify or, or – <laughs> Uh, Twitter or something like that. There's no reason that Cyberdyne as a company would have had anything to hang their hat on, let alone the Dyson family, because Miles Dyson's entire career was the chip in the arm, which don't exist in this timeline. So why is Danny Dyson a thing in this movie? We don't need it. Um, I remember early rumors that that got me excited about this, especially when they said this movie's going to have an alternate 1984. It's going to time travel into the future. They they originally said, and maybe this was in an original script, that they would revisit the timeline of Terminator 2. That's something else I want to see. Why do we have to jump ahead to 2017? And why is this the machine's entire plan? Let's go back and let's change history so that we can delay our creation by 20 years? <laughs> like, just go back. Let everything play out in 1984. And, you know, hand your, why is Jason Clark not going? If they, they change things, go back to 1995 and help Miles Dyson create a Terminator. <laughs> like, like, I don't understand their entire plot of we're going to delay everything by 20 years. They have now erased themselves from existence because they're 20 years behind in the technology. 
It's just, it's all so stupid. Oh, this movie like, is so angry. <laughs> just be it better. Does. Like, it's funny. <laughs> like, I saw this in the theater and thought, well, that was disappointing. I rewatched it, you know, leading up to this episode. And I'm like, well, that really sucks. And when I have to actually sit here and talk through my notes, I'm like, man, this is so bad. Seriously. <laughs> and when he comes forward and says, Hi, Dad. Okay, I understand. We learned from salvation. John tells everybody Kyle Reese is his dad. I don't know how Kyle Reese doesn't know that already. Guess who my dad is? Kyle Why Reese. Would... Hey, Ron, guess who my dad is? <laughs> Kyle Reese. You'll never guess but who like... my dad is. Kyle Reese. Kyle Reese. <laughs> oh, no, not you, Kyle Reese. I meant another Kyle Reese. You know, it's, it's just like, there are um, no other Kyle Reese's. It's like Star-Lord in Guardians of the Galaxy. My dad is David Hasselhoff, everyone. Like, he's just yeah. Like... <laughs> <laughs> but... Let's work through this. We don't know who sent the pops back in time. They, they established this movie. We don't know who sent him back through time. But he knows Kyle Reese is his dad. So he tells Sarah, apparently. Why? How does John know? If this guy has the opposite goal from what this John Connor has, how does he know that Sarah knows that Kyle Reese is his dad? There's another thing that just makes no sense at all. When he's like, oh, you didn't tell him? There's no reason to believe that this Sarah would would ever know Kyle Reese was gonna father John Connor or whatever. Uh, I've got I've got more notes, but um, do I have anything else? Uh, no, I'm pretty much done for now. I, I'm gonna cool down a little bit. I feel like we can almost just we still got like an hour of this movie to go, but I feel like we can kind of cram this in pretty quickly because end it already. Don't just talk end it. I just want to point out, um, Kill Phil and Kill Phil Two make more sense than Terminator Genesis. All right, uh, they do. <laughs> I will applaud you now for your amateurish yes. student filmmaking skills. Yes, woo. <laughs> done it we've achieved life goal um no joke we're talking about how terrible this script is from a dialogue point of view character development and just the numerous plot holes the terrible foolish direction the worst is still to come <laughs> uh the one line that i do like from jk simmons is goddamn time traveling robots covering up their goddamn tracks i knew it <laughs> i actually laughed at that I thought that was funny and apparently i just read a thing that jk simmons uh, ad-libbed a lot of his lines yeah makes sense because he read the script um, <laughs> I'm not saying that crap. I'll just make it up. <laughs> the original line about rolling around naked, it did not, was actually a J.K. Simmons line. I'm not saying that. Give it to somebody else. And I just give it to give it to Targaryen girl. I'm not saying it. I feel like I mean we're ripping into Jai Courtney fairly. Fair enough. Um, but <laughs> again, I I need to talk about Amelia Clark because I just I don't see anything here. Like it's just she's a terrible Sarah Connor. And I don't feel like I want to disrespect her as an actor because, again, she was good in Solo. I've never watched Game of Thrones, so I can't really comment on how she is in that. Um, but I just feel like she's so whiny in this movie. She never feels like the, the level of toughness that I think Sarah Connor should be. And like, you're talking about ruining the legacy of John Connor. Uh, I mean, they take a dump over Sarah Connor in this movie. Like, say what we will about Dark Fate, and we'll obviously talk a little bit about that at the end of this episode, but at least, like, Linda Hamilton looks like a badass in the trailer. Um, I mean, she looks younger than she did in 1984, but hey, like, whatever. <laughs> um, and, like, just the the chemistry between these two, like, we joked in the first Terminator about how it's kind of like, you know, Sarah and Kyle meet when five seconds later they're in love and having a baby. Uh, and I think, it, it, don't they even say in this movie, like, oh, admittedly they fell in love in, like, 24 hours or something like that in this movie. But, like, 
even then, Michael Bean and Linda Hamilton had so much more chemistry, and you believe them falling in love in 24 hours after he porked her and lost his virginity for the first time. Then these two have a lot longer time together, and then by the end of the movie when they're but kissing, they? you're like, ugh. But think about it, do they? They meet, and on the same night they meet, they travel forward in time, and basically the only time that passes from when they crash land naked rolling through the street until the end of this movie is less than 24 hours. Oh, I guess. Yeah, it seems longer because we're watching this movie. We're like, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) And yet, but that's the other problem. They spend so much time in this movie trying to tell you, like, the whole point is it's harder for them to fall in love now. It's going to take longer. No, it actually took shorter if you add up the time. But you you think about, uh, like, any movie where it's kind of, you've got this fate where these two characters have to be together. I mean, ultimately, Back to the Future is the key one here. And you think about, like, how well that is developed in the fact that we do never we never believe that Marty's parents are going to end up together because they're so opposite. And it's kind yeah. of like, well, how are they going to end up together? And when they do, it's like, holy crap, they're so perfect with each other. This, it's kind of like, well, they have to be together. And pfft, I don't want to see... I want to see Sarah kind of hook up and Pops more. Like, it's kind of... Yes. <laughs> there's more connection. J.K. Simmons. Yes. And Sandrine Holt. <laughs> Oh, that's a movie I'd watch. Uh, <laughs> and, and, what's, and, and Paul from Mad Men, Mr. Third Watch. <laughs> Eugene from Third Watch. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, all right, let's skip through the rest of this crap. Um, Please. So Arnie's taking him to a shelter where he's been hiding for 30 years. Again, I want to see a movie of 30 years of a T-800 yeah. <laughs> living off the grid. Getting fired. Getting laid off. Getting, jaw. getting stuck in traffic. Damn it, I should have taken the highway too. <laughs> Never take this route at three o'clock. Traffic always backed up. Like, was he an Uber driver or something like that? <laughs> like, there's a movie I'd watch. You know, um, I, have you ever seen the Equalizer movies with Denzel Washington? No, no I haven't. I... It's based on a TV show, but like it, it, it's basically notoriously the most dangerous man in the world. Uh, this this incredible assassin who just decides to work random jobs all the time. He goes from Home Depot to being an Uber driver. <laughs> I want to see that that would like the Equalizer proved that formula works. I want to see the T eight hundred just living through life. What can I get you today? Thank you for coming to Subway. You know, <laughs> would you like extra pickles on that? I, and then somebody tries to rob the subway and he gouges their eye out. Like, that's a movie I want to see. Anything but this. I hope that's in Dark Fate. Like, that scene when he like she opens yeah. the door. He's <laughs> like, welcome to my Airbnb. Oh, Sarah, <laughs> haven't seen you in a while. <laughs> I put the mints on the pillow. Uh, <laughs> there are clean towels in the linen closet. <laughs> Don't use the kitchen between 11 a.m. and 2 p.m. That is lunchtime for me. I get angry without my food. You're a terminator. You can't eat food. Shut up. Relax. Relax. Uh, I just I, I want to see that. Like, seriously, I want to see that life because that this also goes back to the whole 10 years thing because he was raising a 10-year-old girl, yeah. too. I want to see him. This is how you apply the tampon. <laughs> She's not running it from any other way. What's that in um um Armageddon, isn't it, with Steve Buscemi when he's kind yeah. of like going through like with Bruce Willis's daughter? It's like I I didn't show her. I I just I just bought them for her. Yeah. 
I love that movie. We need to do Armageddon. Uh, <laughs> Michael Bay's only good film, right? Um, <laughs> I mean, it's technically it's a bad film, but it's it's like so good, bad, it's good. Yeah. Um, kind of anyway. like we're starting to revisit Terminator Salvation after watching this crap. <laughs> oh, God, in 10 years' time, people are going to like Terminator Genesis, aren't they? Holy shit. Um, Dark Fate's coming out next week, and people are going to go, oh, Genesis actually wasn't that bad. <laughs> What people have been saying ever since Terminator Salvation, what people have said about the preceding Terminator movie. Nah, now that I think about it, Rise of Machines wasn't so bad. Now that I think about it, Salvation wasn't too bad. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so John Connor's at Skynet or whatever it is, and he's talking to the Dysons about building robots and shit. Um, yep, because he's evil. There's a press conference about Genesis because everyone's sewing the whole world. What do they say, like, a billion pre-orders? Like, has there ever been anything in history that has warranted a billion pre-orders? No. <laughs> that's... Well, I mean, I know that's the point. Like, oh, it's taking the world by storm that one in, like, seven people have ordered it. But come on. Like, well, what... They know nothing about it, and the things they do know are all technologies that already exist. And, like, think about, like, a billion... Like, uh, are there that many... I mean, Genesis is not going to be cheap. Let's be honest. Like, if this is, like, Apple or Windows, this is, like, thousands of dollars, probably. And, I mean, I'm one in seven people... Aren't, like, four out of every seven people in poverty in the world or something like that? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know if that's an exact stat. I'm probably well off, but like I know that there's a large proportion of the population of the planet live below the perceived poverty line. So I'm sorry, a billion people are not pre-ordering something when they can't eat and dress themselves every day. And like Skynet knows, you know, how to create this technology. They don't know how cheap people are. What if like John Connor comes back in time? He's like, Danny Dyson, I got this great idea for an operating system. And he's like, we need to take over the world. I'm like, all right, okay. We're going to set the price point at $499. And he's like, okay, done. And then people are like, no, that's too hefty. I'm not paying for that. Futures were erased immediately. <laughs> Underestimate how cheap humans are. Um, We're in the bunker now and we've got like a 20-minute scene of Arnold Schwarzenegger and oh. Jai Courtney staring at each other while they out-bullet each other's bullet packs what is this the pure the pure case to see that Arnold Schwarzenegger has arthritis and has like uh, like dementia he's got a shaky hand <laughs> like obsolete not old or old but not obsolete or whatever the hell the line is <laughs> and then he like again he has this like look at Sarah Connor like as in like this dad sort of look and it's kind of like, isn't this the whole point of Terminator 2 where it's kind of like, I do not understand why you cry. Like, you know, he doesn't yeah. understand emotion. So why is he caring for a human being? I don't, like, is this meant to be the new thing? Like, oh, Terminators can care. Like, I don't want no. my futuristic killer robots caring. Like, the Matrix didn't need to make freaking Agent Smith care, Mr. Anderson. You've put on yeah. weight. <laughs> why don't you go on a diet? <laughs> like, it's... <laughs> Like, you look tired, Neo. <laughs> I'm afraid you're not getting enough sleep. <laughs> May I suggest the following diet and sleeping pattern? <laughs> it worked for me. And I'm sexy. Like, I mean, come on. Like, <laughs> This is what's scary about, you know, artificial intelligence taking over the world is that they don't care. They just kill you and just whatever. Like, not, oh, fuck, I feel a bit bad about killing this. I mean, like... Even the Nazis, I'm sure, had some people who cared about what they were doing, right? Okay, and they're the most evil people in history. I want people who are more evil than the Nazis, all right? 
the producers yeah, of like, this movie. <laughs> like, like seriously, there are people out there who probably look at this movie and they're like, you know, it's just fun entertainment. Okay, but every single Terminator movie prior to this had a little bit of a scare element to it. Mm. Like, there's not one scene in this that, that rivals, like, the, the pulling his eye out in the first movie, stripping his arm in T2, the, the, the TX claw through the chest in the third one, like, even Salvation and stuff like this. There is nothing scary in this movie. And if you turn around and say, like, oh, well, they're rebooting the franchise and everything, okay, you're rebooting the franchise, but you're still referencing a movie yeah. and things that happened in the past. Like, you can't mm-hmm. claim that you're rebooting something and yet still connected. Like, look at Casino Royale. Like, yeah, we live in a James Bond universe and, you know, we sort of people coming into Casino Royale know what we've had, but, like, they don't reference things that have happened in the previous 20-odd James mm-hmm. Bond films, do they? It's kind of, it's, it's, it's new canon. That's what they do. And, like, if you want to do that with this, do this. Create something new. Make it so people coming into this don't have anything to reference it on. That's fine. But you don't. You spend so much of this movie referencing what's happened in previous, well, at least one movie. You kind of ignore uh, two, three, and four. And, I mean, again, two's the best one out of all of them. So it's kind of yeah. like, oh, frustrating. Um... There's something that Arnie creates. It's like an electric thing that does something. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> um, John Connor shows up because he just knows where they are. Is that explained why he knows where they are? Or he just knows where they are? <laughs> I mean, he was just waiting on the story of two naked people rolling through the streets. <laughs> because movie. All right. That's where. Yeah. That's why. There he is showing up. <laughs> Jai Courtney's yelling at him for some reason. They get into a chase in a school bus. Um, I had to laugh. I think it was in the Everything Wrong With video. They point out a very good thing about that. Like, John Connor's a dick to school kids because, like, he's just left stranded a bunch of school kids up in this, like, place that's just blown up and he's on fire. Uh, actually, no, not John Connor, sorry. Arnold Schwarzenegger, the, the good guys are the dicks because they've, like, left the th- to stolen this school bus. Um... This leads to a fight on the Golden Gate Bridge because any movie taking place in San Francisco has to have a fight on the Golden Gate Bridge. I mean, it's just it just has to be because why not? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I yeah, it, there's action here, I guess. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> what, what's the bit when he when Arnold Schwarzenegger gets flung into the cop car? <laughs> nice to see you. Get out. Get out. <laughs> why? Like, you don't... Why do you need the nice to see you? The whole thing about that line is what is, like, classic Terminator is the get out. Like, that is, that's almost yeah. up there with come with me if you want to live and I'll be back. Like, it's pretty much said in almost every movie. You don't... Need, like, I get what they're doing. Oh, ha, 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 ha. Look at him. He's nice now. But why? It's so <laughs> stupid. Nice to see you. Get out. And why mm-hmm. does this cop listen? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Okay. This is 2017 where apparently you arrest naked people with no history as terrorists and call Homeland Security. Yet an old guy crashes through your window and somehow survives. And your first reaction is, oh, yes, sir, I'll get out of the car. You may have my cop car. <laughs> and you know what would have had that scene make any sense at all? If he saw that this was a half-robot man. But he doesn't. This is just a normal guy that crashed through his window. He'd be like, he's like, you know, get off my car, dick. <laughs> It shouldn't be like, oh my god, you're alive? Like, what the hell? Um, yeah, exactly. The bus crashes over the side. Somehow they all survive this. Like, <laughs> I don't know. John kind of falls in the water. They get away. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
They get arrested again. Um, this is the whole hand thingy. They end up in a helicopter. Uh, <laughs> there's a helicopter chase. They end up at Skynet. Um, <laughs> I don't care that I'm missing everything here. There's like a fight between Arnie and Robot John Connor. And the special effects, I've got to say here, like they procedurally get worse in the Terminator movies. Like, yes. this, is a, this is a franchise that broke the mould with special effects in 1991 and somehow, you know, we look like we're so hammy and B-grade movie in 2015. Um, through all of this, Arnold Schwarzenegger falls into the liquid metal and somehow turns half Robert Patrick, half Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, that's not a thing. Like, how is that a thing? Like, that just... Ugh. We think he's dead. John Connor dies in the time... I don't even know what he dies in, something. Um, but plot twist, he's not dead. Arnold Schwarzenegger's not dead. What does he say? Like, Sarah Connor, I'm alive or something. <laughs> I don't know. Um, then they... Oh, actually, the one thing I really wanted to talk about while I'm just gelling over everything of note that's happening in this movie. Do you notice when Sarah Connor meets young Kyle Reese... I swear, she is more excited and is more attracted to young Kyle Reese than she is to yes. old Kyle Reese. Like, it's kind of creepy. Mm-hmm. It's kind of creepy. And then, like, even when we get this scene at the end where you've got young Kyle Reese working on his bike, his parents apparently are missing because he's just... Three adults are allowed to just show up to Kyle Reese's house and just talk to them. Uh, <laughs> stranger danger, not a thing in this timeline. Um, that... You know, even young little Kyle Reese is all horny for Sarah because even he says to older Kyle Reese, like, oh, oh she's, I, I like her. her. What well, I mean, isn't this time travel rule number one? You're not meant to meet your other self in an alternate, like, in, like, did Back to the Future not teach anyone anything? <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, even, even the Avengers, I feel, kind of, like, address this in Endgame. You know, it's kind of not meant to do a thing. Oh, and he tells young Kyle Reese something, Skynet, Genesis, I don't even know. We get maybe, like, the most unnatural kiss in the world between Sarah and Kyle. Then we get the (laughs) smile between Arnie, and then they drive off into the future. Oh, I did mention, I forgot to mention probably the worst bit of the entire movie is when they get arrested and we get the whole bad boy scene. Like, oh, my God. Oh, that is That is, like, oh, like, just so bad. So bad. Um, and even like, again, you're playing it for last with the whole Arnie smiling thing, which is just stupid. And then in the credits, there's some post credit scene with some that machine. That makes no sense. That's clearly setting up for sequels because they had some opinion that this was going to be good and deserve sequels. Um, yeah, I know I've just lumped so much into so little space, but I really don't think you and I or the listener cares right now, do they? <laughs> Um, I do have some good stuff here, too, though. Uh, <laughs> Hang on a minute. There's go good along... stuff in this movie? Yeah, oh, well, <laughs> good to make fun of. It'll oh, okay, make for gotcha. a good episode here. Uh, to go along with the It Did Not, um, <laughs> wow, Like who, whoever thought to write this line, John didn't manipulate me to fall in love with you. I did that all on my own. <laughs> like, Seriously? And again, this is coming, like, and your point exactly that you made previously. People who bag out the, you know, oh, you're so, what is it? Why are you so in love with me? Oh, it's because I, no. Why are you so beautiful? Because I'm so in love with you or something like that. Whatever that I'm line so is in Revenge love, of the yeah. Sith. Yeah, like, I mean, that's a cheesy line, but that is Shakespeare compared to this crap. Way better than this. <laughs> yeah. 
Or, or how about this? Mock the Star Wars prequel dialogue all you want, but it took them five movies, and James Cameron getting reinvolved in this movie. He was smart <laughs> enough to leave his name off of it, but he helped them come up with this movie and assigned his producers and his screenwriters from his Avatar movie to work with them on this. And the best they could come up with when John is threatening Sarah, and he says something about the machines ruling them, she goes, "Rule this," and then blows a hole in his chest. <laughs> Like, 1984 bad B-movie sci-fi would not have a line as bad as, rule this. Seriously. (laughs) Because he's a killer! (laughs) This may be some of the worst dialogue ever written. I'm not even joking. Uh, And then they just... Dumb scenes that, again, are played for laughs but aren't funny like the T-800 Reese bullet competition thing. It goes on, like you said, for I think half of the movie. Um, And here's one of the reasons Reese doesn't work in this movie. He is irrelevant to this movie. The whole point of Reese's character is he was the one who was going to come back in time to protect Sarah from being killed, erasing the future, all that stuff. He comes back in time and Sarah's basically like, come with me if you want to live. They only need him to procreate that this movie spends no time really even dwelling on. There's a couple of loose mentions of, oh, well, I'm supposed to fall in love with him. Make it a major plot point. Hey, without Reese, you've got nobody to to, – to, oh. at this point, they know John turns out to be evil. Why wouldn't they be like, you know what? Let's just never screw. And then the future is safe, okay? <laughs> Somebody else could be the leader. We, they've now by doing that, like they're like, well, how are we gonna take out John? They're spending all this time shooting with bullets. Just make a vow you will never have sex, and yep. that John disappears in front of your eyes. Exactly. That's it. That's all you do, right there. Like you, you're wanting to stop this evil prick, and then like, how do you do that? Don't have sex, and then, yeah, and then, and then, then, like, then you sell this to kids as the uh, celibacy movie. Like, hey, kids, this is why you shouldn't have sex because you create evil John exactly. Connor, and then you sell it to kids at school. Boom. Simple. And and the entire point of this movie is around John becoming the Terminator. And the entire point of this franchise is we have to maintain the timeline of Sarah Connor and Kyle Reese procreating and John Connor will become the leader because that is the only hope for the human race. You now see that he is the thing that will eventually kill the human race. So now you have to kill him. Maintaining him as a leader does not matter. So Kyle Reese coming back in time to protect Sarah Connor, irrelevant to this movie. Kyle Reese needing to breed with Sarah Connor, irrelevant to this movie. This is oh, it's dumb. It's dumb. It's dumb. Um, and, and this bus chase thing they have. Like, here's the real problem why none of these effects work and why nothing is exciting in this movie. We already brought it multiple times. Every action scene in this movie is over in two and a half minutes, <laughs> this bus chase included. And then you have this really over-the-top CGI of the bus flipping end over end, which just looks like something out of a cartoon. And yet all of the Terminator movies, including Salvation, were grounded in practical effects – you know, real models and animatronics, real cars and real car chases, some CGI. And then Terminator 2 really is the reason CGI became a thing. But it combined it with all these practical effects. I don't think I could pick apart one animatronic robot in this movie. How come we can't have a Terminator in this movie that is made out of real metal? How come we can't have a car chase that involves real cars? It's just also clearly CGI. And then when the bus is going off the cliff... And 
they basically rip off the entire tension scene from the Lost World with yeah. them hanging on to each other, and then the bus falls, and Kyle grabs the backpack at the last second. It's shot for shot from the last Lost World, um, and and when the young Kyle, because they introduce the things like his fingerprints match an eleven year old kid, like this kid's been printed already, right? <laughs> I love the, hey, what's this been doing? with Kyle hanging out yeah, with yeah, all the exactly. women. Clearly, I think of these older women. <laughs> exactly, it's got a fetish. <laughs> But you've got the family looking on as they're interrogating him. It's like, but something about him looks familiar. And the young Kyle Reese goes, he looks like you, dad. No. And they cut to a guy that looks nothing like Kyle Reese. I want the, I want the dad to slap his kid. Down. Don't you ever say I look like Jai Courtney. Yeah, I mean, Danny Dyson looks more like this kid's father, <laughs> like the, the father of this kid, than Jai Courtney does. Rene Russo looks more like... Exactly. Um... And then the helicopter chase that, that that follows this, that may be the dumbest in the entire series. Like, there's nothing exciting about it. These helicopters seem to be bending like Gumby throughout the sequence. <laughs> you get Arnie diving, which I remember seeing in the trailer. Oh. Like, this looks incredible. And then he just crashes through a helicopter. Like, there is still anatomy here. And he comes out of this almost unscathed, but yet... You know, if he scrapes his face on the pavement, that's real flesh. So how is he surviving any of this? That that whole sequence is just uh, it's just painful to watch, and then when they get into the Cyberdyne facilities or whatever the Genesis facilities, and it goes from thirteen hours to a countdown of fourteen minutes in a split second, they never properly explain why this countdown keeps speeding up, other than the fact that it's like, oh, I think we have too long left in the movie. Well, let's speed up the clock. But watch what happens. This is where I was talking about about filmmaking at its worst. There is high tension through all these chase scenes. Like, we got to get in the Cyberdyne facility. we got to shut down Skynet. They get in there. It's like, the clock has flipped forward to 14 minutes. Let's walk as slow as we possibly can <laughs> and talk. We only have 14 minutes now. Okay, let's get a move on, guys. Like, just rewatch the scene. And, like, you've got it in front of you. you got to remind yourself of this. Look at how slow they start moving as soon as the countdown starts. And then it flips forward. We only have eight minutes now. And Jai Courtney, okay, we better pick up the pace, guys. Dun, 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 you know, dun, you know, there's a, there's a famous, famous Madonna song called Four Minutes in which her and Justin Timberlake say, we've only got four minutes to save the world, which they do in four minutes. You know, if Madonna and Justin Timberlake are doing it better than a Terminator movie, uh, then you know there's an issue. Like, it, it does not take a genius, especially the guy who made some of the early best Game of Thrones movies or... or episodes those that tv show is cinematic how is he so dumb that he doesn't get you're telling the audience we've got minutes to live and everybody is moving at a snail pace or how about this great plot twist they learn that the t-800 has created a time machine why i don't know he's come back in time to change history so i'm going to change it then i'm going to create another time machine which they never explain in this movie where this other time machine is from but apparently john connor the T-3000, the super advanced robot, can create a time machine that is only half as efficient as the one the T-800 created 33 years earlier. He doesn't have the components to make it work. <laughs> he doesn't have 1984 boom boxes. Like, how is the T-800 able to make a functional time machine and John Connor can't? And I why, don't get it. And what what is the purpose of this little boy? Like, I am Skynet. I'm becoming... Like, what, are we meant to care about it because it's a random boy? We don't know who it is? Like, that makes no sense yeah. to me. 
Oh, here's another good one. When there's this the standoff and John's got Sarah and uh, or or uh, Schwarzenegger is like, I can't pull the trigger. I can't kill Sarah Connor. And John's like, ah, the tricky thing is neither can I, because if I do, then you're definitely going to shoot me. <laughs> what about if you kill her, you erase yourself from existence? Like these screenwriters didn't stop to think that the smart line there is I can't kill her either. Because then you're definitely going to push that button. No, you can't kill her because then you're gone and all this work was for nothing. It's like it's like 17-year-old Ben Waterworth could have written a better script. I'm sorry to say it. And I did. It's called Kill Phil. Watch and yeah. listen now on YouTube and the Oz Network. <laughs> And even the music in this climax here, it's like there's nothing exciting about it. It's when they got to the point where, like, we're going to slow down the pace of the walking and the urgency when we speed up the clock. Suddenly the music just becomes dun, 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 da, da, da. <laughs> like, where's the action music? This is they would create excitement in a movie that does not have excitement. Um, the effects on the John Connor Terminator, this is where it looks the worst here. Uh when Schwarzenegger comes out of this whole time machine thing, which, by the way, have you ever seen the movie The Time Machine with Guy Pearce? Uh, I think I saw it once many years ago, but I couldn't remember it. It's it's one of my great guilty pleasures. Like, I'll watch that movie once a year. And it's the same idea here that there's this time bubble or whatever. That's what you travel in. But that movie explained how staying in the bubble or moving outside the bubble would actually kill somebody. How does this kill the Terminators? Mm. they're stuck inside of a bubble and it's like no they're not traveling through time it's slowly killing them isn't that a wasn't that a lost in space thing too in the movie when like dr yeah, smith falls yeah. into that like the yeah that's it's odd and even wasn't even a tomb raider thing too right in um yeah the first tomb raider movie yeah like but this movie doesn't explain it they stay in it would make more sense like the the the, the guy pierce movie the time machine they're caught inside this time bubble but time is moving on the outside so if you push somebody's arm through that bubble the arm is aging but everything on the inside isn't and that's how you kill somebody this movie just has them wrestling on the inside and it's so sloppy you can't tell what's going on now let's get to the whole end of the movie schwarzenegger comes out it's almost like they rewrote it the last minute because he should be dead and then he comes out and he's like oh i thought you were dead no just upgraded <laughs> like suddenly he has the powers of a t-1000 <laughs> but they never explain it. Like, like he, he, got, he got merged with the T-3000 or whatever. Now, if Matt Smith can stab John Connor a human and suddenly take over his mind, how can he not do the same thing to machines? If the previous model, the TX, could control machines, like, none of this is logical. He sh If he comes out with the powers of the John Connor Terminator, he should come out and suddenly have his mind wiped by this thing. Now, let's get to my favorite part of the movie. Now, obviously, we have the yes, <laughs> the, the really my slow, favorite part looks, of the movie. There's these white <laughs> writing on black screen. It's really good. Coffee, 2015, <laughs> the end. Uh, but uh, we obviously have the post credit scene that makes this all irrelevant because you see that some part of Skynet survived. Um, but when they go and they're like, "We're going to visit 11 year old John or Kyle Reese again." And, and why? Because we have to maintain the timeline. So I have a friend here who wants to say something to you. He goes, just remember this. Genesis is Skynet. <laughs> and then they walk away and he narrates, Skynet is destroyed. Our future is what we want to make it. Why are you going back and telling the kids something you just destroyed Skynet? <laughs> I don't – like 
okay, if this time, we have to preserve the timeline. But you just destroyed Skynet. There is no Skynet in the future. The laws of time travel say if you deleted Skynet here in 2017, there is no Judgment Day. There are no machines. There is no future the way you remember it, which means there will be no time travel back into the past where you have to come back in time. This Kyle Reese is going to go on to marry some other woman, not as good as Sarah Connor, you know, and none of this will matter. But they have to end the movie by contradicting themselves and saying Skynet is Genesis and then narrate now that Skynet's destroyed. Let's live our lives the way we want it to be. It's just they contradict themselves in the same scene. And this kid and is, then so, we, is he smart? Like, I mean, if, I'm sorry. If I'm like, what, 8, 12, how old this kid is? And somebody, some random guy comes up to me and goes, sup, what's going on? Just remember, uh, Genesis is Skynet. I'm like, what? Like, yeah, exactly. This kid's just oh, like, you mean that okay, I, I will remember that. Well, he's going to remember because now suddenly he doesn't get his birthday present he's been waiting for. <laughs> It's like, you know, all the kids growing up, it's like, what are you going to get for, like, a Super Nintendo, an N64, and then Christmas comes, it's like, sorry, the N64 was cancelled, kids. Aw, oh, you ruined Christmas! <laughs> and then we get the post-credits scene, which, like, Jamie will always remind me and tell people that, like, I will stay for all the credits. This is long before post credit scenes really became a thing, um... I'll just stay for the credits because I like to listen to the music. I like to stay. Why not stay for the whole credits? You know, it's a thing of respect. And every once in a while, you get a bonus scene. I did not see this post credit scene when it was in theaters. That shows you how anxious I was to run out of the theater. I'm like, you know what? Let's just leave. That's okay. <laughs> it is not even the end of the credits. It plays like three minutes in. Like, did you even bother to stay for it? I think I had just like the credits were done. Oh, well, sorry, the movie was done. And I sort of just said, like, I don't know, finished writing my notes. I think I'd maybe just quickly gone on my phone and just, you know, you know, you kind of tune out a little bit. And then I think I went to get up and I went to turn it off. And all of a sudden something came on the screen and I'm like, huh? And I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, then I wrote, quickly wrote in my notes, some weird credit. Actually, what did I write? I'll tell you what I wrote. I wrote weird post credit scene and song. Because then they try and yeah. put like some, what is this meant to be like a pop song to sell Terminator Genesis? Like, it's not Guns N' Roses. <laughs> Yeah, like, the audience wants to hear this song. Who is it? Like, who is this? I mean, clearly they've gone on to bigger and better things. <laughs> this is from Jai Courtney's debut album. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even... Yeah I, yeah, I couldn't tell you what it is. Anyway. And and I'll, I'll be honest. Like, I only knew this post credit scene existed maybe an hour before we recorded this episode. Because when I rewatched the episode... I also shut it off as soon as the credits was on. I'm like, oh, I don't care if there's something else. And when I was Googling... If if anybody else has pointed out that this ending makes no sense, I'm like, oh, there's a post credit scene. Let me watch this, and it's completely pointless. <laughs> Even when you Google post credit song, uh, like nothing really comes up. It says there's oh, I don't even know. It says bad boys theme from cops. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, fighting shadows performed by Jane Zhang and featuring Big Sean. Um, yep. Good, good guy. Much better than little Sean. It's my opinion. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, the critical response to this movie was based pretty true. Honestly, <laughs> gets a little bit too much credit, I think. 26% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> oh, I just, boy. I really hope that people can, like, I hope they've listened to these, like, kind of back-to-back to hear, like, how, you know, like, Terminator 1, like, oh, yeah, like, this is pretty good, but, we, you know, it's not the best, but, we're, like, we still enjoy Terminator 2. Oh, this is the greatest thing of all time. Terminator 3, like, oh, this is so much better than we thought it was. Terminator 4, eh, it's, you know. <laughs> and then Terminator 5, <laughs> 
<laughs> we've never done anything like this before. Like no. all the franchises we've covered, like you go back, I think the first franchise we ever covered was Spider-Man. Yeah. And obviously we had divided opinions on three, but, and even the amazing Spider-Man, but it's like, we still, for the most part, liked all those movies, even the bad stuff in them. Yeah. You know, Mission Impossible, Jurassic Parks, even the bad stuff were like, yeah, you know, it's still fun. We went from, oh, this stuff's amazing to, man, just end it. <laughs> and I think this kind of backs up our point we said at the very beginning of this, uh, you know, covering the Terminator movies is that, you know, we like the franchise, but it's it's not probably in our top 10 favorite franchises because it it is really so much all over the place in terms yeah. of its quality and everything. And I mean, we could probably sit here and work out some other franchises that sit on that, but... I mean, this has to be one of the most higgledy-piggledy franchises in the history of movies. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, 26% on Rotten Tomatoes. 4.71. Not just a 4.7, a 4.71. Um, the critical consensus reads, Mid in its muddled mythology, Terminator Genesis is a lurching retread that lacks the thematic depth, conceptual intelligence, or visual thrills that launched this once mighty franchise. Lots of big words there, but I understand them all, <laughs> unlike Terminator <laughs> Genesis. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, let's see. Joe Morgerson, Morgan Stern of the Wall Street Journal criticized the film. Since when does the Wall Street Journal do film reviews? I thought they'd, like, do stock shit, but they obviously watch movies as well. Saying it plays like the worst of all outcomes. James Rocky, or Rochi of The Rap, compared it negatively to The Terminator, writing that Genesis comes back from the past to water down a whole season of summer moviegoing. Michael Phillips of the Chicago Tribune criticized the film's lack of originality, calling it simply business and dull business at that. Los Angeles Times said that critics found it to be a messy sequel with convoluted retread. Um, and the rap um, said that the critics found the time travel storyline to be convoluted and the performances were unremarkable, true, aside from Schwarzenegger reprising his role. This is his worst one of all of them, though, and he's the best thing in this movie, yeah. probably. Um, I'm trying to see, is there anyone here who gives anything positive about it? Oh, Michael O'Sullivan. Of course he did. Uh, oh. the Washington Post. Oh, he's the worst. Genesis goes back to what made the franchise work in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I can't finish that sentence without laughing. Not the machine inside the man, but vice versa. Um, Richard Lawson of Vanity Fair. Clearly, the the film's target audience, uh, Vanity mm -hmm. Fair readers, also gave a positive review. I can't stop laughing when I see those words. <laughs> <laughs> Makes a surprisingly compelling case for itself. That's not a positive review. Like, that's just... <laughs> um... Oh, Mark Hughes. Typical Mark Hughes always has to come in and save the day. Forbes uh, oh. says... Uh, called many of the negative reviews... Oh, actually, no, he's giving a good review. God, I'm... you're an idiot, Mark Hughes. Um, <laughs> called many of the negative reviews a result of cynical nostalgia, which distrusts change and anticipates failure, calling the review aggregator ratings ridiculously and undeservedly low. No, Mark Hughes, this movie is shit. It's got nothing to do with that distrusting failure or whatever it is, or anticipates failure. Like, I understand what you're trying to say there. It's kind of the Star Wars fan model, isn't it? But... No, like, this movie's actually bad. Uh, is the worst one, though, James Cameron, uh, who... Yes. After seeing a pre-release screening of the film, 
Cameron voiced support for Terminator oh. Genesis, describing it as respectful to the first two films. Cameron <laughs> said he felt like the franchise has been reinvigorated. However, in 2017, this might be the best line of this whole thing, James Cameron said that he had supported Terminator Genesis only because of his friendship with Schwarzenegger. (laughs) (laughs) But he co-wrote the movie. He just didn't get a credit. I love that. Like, I just said it was good because I like Arnie. Like, I'm telling you. He's this is this is no joke. We talked about in Terminator One and Two, but him being not the best director in history, but the smartest. You know, just psychologically knowing audiences. I am not putting it past him, knowing how involved he actually was in the creation and pre-production of this movie. I would not put it past him that he intentionally wanted this movie to turn out this way so that they would come back because like he I think he technically gets the rights back to this movie this mm. year. Yeah. But he wouldn't want to wait until everybody's forgotten about Terminator. Why not just make everybody hate Terminator so they're like, we need James Cameron again? I actually, I like here Amelia Clark um, apparently expressed relief to discover there wouldn't be any sequels following yeah. the film's <laughs> poor box office performance. Uh, she said, in reference to film's director Alan Taylor, with whom she had worked with on Game of Thrones, Clark said, he was eaten and chewed up on Terminator. He was not the director I remembered. He didn't have a good time. No one had a good time. And that's all because you were with Jai Courtney. <laughs> that's it. Like that- I know, I was going to say, that's what happens when we put Jai Courtney in a room. Nobody's having fun. Jai Courtney's here. Um, I'm surprised this didn't get nominated for Razzies. It did get nominated for the Golden Schmoes Award. Uh, the worst <laughs> movie of the year, the the poor man's Razzie, uh, biggest disappointment of the year. Apparently, Amelia Clark was nominated for the best international actress at the Jupiter Awards, um, and that's the German Film Awards, by the way. And Saturn Awards, generally pretty good, aren't they? For some reason, he's got nominated for best science fiction film. Do they see it? Toy- Teen Choice Awards, well, cl- classic idiot teens, uh, nominated for Choice Summer Movie and Choice Summer Movie Star. And the Weibo Movie Awards Ceremony, um, it was nominated for Most Popular Song in China uh, for Jane Shang. I'm guessing that's for that <laughs> last one. Um, clearly, Chinese audience loved it. Uh, the box office, um, this did not do well. Uh, 89760956 domestic. Like, that is that is very bad. For a Terminator movie, the only—I mean, like, obviously, the original Terminator did not make a hundred million dollars, but I think adjusted, uh, it did. So, um, you know, thirty-eight million that made in nineteen eighty-four, but I mean, it's coming from nowhere, really, isn't it, to create this franchise? Uh, so yeah, easily the worst performing uh, one domestically, internationally, it made three hundred and fifty million uh, for a total worldwide box office of four hundred and forty million. Uh, even on its opening weekend, it did not open at number one. Um, this actually opened at number three behind Inside Out in its third week and Jurassic World in its fourth week. Uh, Magic Mike XXL, speaking of Channing Tatum, was fourth <laughs> in its opening weekend. Also opening that weekend, we had Faith of Our Fathers, Amy, Jimmy's Hall, Cartel Land, A Poem is a Naked Person, 2015 re I guarantee, yeah, I guarantee <laughs> that is better than Terminator Genesis. Yeah, probably. Probably. Um, so, yeah. And I, I love how on Box Office Mojo, they actually have like the category of 2015 domestic underperformers. Uh, and they've compared five different movies against each other. We have Pan, Tomorrowland, Jupiter Ascending, Fantastic Four, 
and Terminator Genesis. Out of those five movies, Colin Hilding, which do you think made the most money? Oh, um, uh, t- I'd probably say Terminator Genesis. No, Tomorrowland made $4 million more. Uh, but Terminator Tomorrowland's Genesis not was... terrible. Well, I've, I've never seen it. Um, like, I, I was going through the Razzie nominations, and I'm like, you know, sh- there is no way that this should not have been nominated for Worst Picture. And then I look up, and there's like Fifty Shades of Grey and Fantastic <laughs> Four, which uh, uh, Fantastic Four is way worse of a movie than Terminator Genesis. Mm. Um, it's it's more of a mess. I, it's one of these things where you watch the movie, you're like, I'm pretty sure that there was probably a way to save this movie, but it's just it's it's sloppy. This is just a bad movie all around, so... There were worse movies that year. Uh, you know, Tomorrowland, though, is not a great movie, but it's better than that. Looking at the yearly box office of 2015, 32nd it appeared. Now, just put that in comparison to 2018 standards, Rampage was 32nd in 2018, <laughs> and that made over $100 bucks. Um, the classic was Rampage. The, the movies above Terminator Genesis, um, obviously Tomorrowland, Creed... Spy, the Peanuts movie, the Divergent series, Insurgent, uh, Daddy's Home made nearly double the amount of money um, that Terminator Genesis did. Um, Pitch Perfect Two made more than double the money that Terminator. Oh, of course uh, it did. Genesis did Min- oh, Minions? Stop watching Minions, everyone! Like, <laughs> just stop it! Stop it! <laughs> uh, <laughs> so. Yeah, anything you want to say on the box office? It's just terrible. Um, Little it made. Yeah, just that uh, if you look at it, with this being what should have been the biggest movie of Jai Courtney's career, um, he outgrossed himself in a divergent movie, which (laughs) wasn't even good enough to warrant them finishing the series. (laughs) So not even the highest grossing Jai Courtney movie of the year. Um, plot keywords. I can see the word sewer. Uh, I don't think that's referencing like <laughs> I think that's just referencing the movie. <laughs> um, uh, motivational speech month. German Shepherd month. Um, notebook computer. Blood on face month. Sure. Oh, um, black man month. Come on, it's been <laughs> slim woman month. Uh, <laughs> slim. Oh, hang on. There's thin woman, slim woman, or slender woman. Uh, <laughs> Beard month, mohawk month, oh. bearded man month, ponytail month, stray dog month, message month, uh, dumb cop month. All right, here we go. Uh, let's uh, Terminator Genesis number one, Gremlins number two, The Dukes of Hazard number three, Cabin Fever number four. Nothing like um, uh, Super Troopers. A movie about dumb cops is not number one. <laughs> like, oh, there's a movie here, number nine, The Gay Falcon from 1941. <laughs> Well, we're, we know we're doing that one. <laughs> the Gay Falcon. Hmm. Um, I didn't realize that um, we had a gay character in the Avengers movie already. But hey, cool. Um, um, I really don't know if there's anything standing yeah, out. Yeah, these here. aren't very good plot words. Teddy Bear Month. Uh... Feminine Hair. <laughs> <laughs> Kiss on the Lips Month. Uh, um, Medical yeah. Scrubs Month. Hmm. I love. Oh, hang on. Same actor playing two characters simultaneously on screen month. I can. Um, with that one. Back uh, to the future. It better be there. Terminator Genesis number one. Matrix Reloaded number two. The Prestige number three. Alien Con- Covenant number four. Uh, Back to the Future Part two is number seven. Um, Bill and oh, Ted's Bogus on. Journey is number ten. So, yeah. 
Uh, these are really rubbish. Yeah, headbutt month, shot in the forehead month. <laughs> really, Nuked really in bad. the face month. What's that? Uh, <laughs> Nuke him in the face. <laughs> uh, I know I, I'm a little partial to cassette player month. <laughs> oh, what, what have we got? Um, my internet's very slow, so let me stall for time. Uh, Terminator Genesis, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2. Uh, I've already scrolled down to 8. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to close it off and say I'm going to do Lake Month. Um, <laughs> I mean, oh, the, I lake, the house- lake House is in there. Yes. <laughs> Avengers Endgame, Us, Terminator Genesis, and It. Get Out, Spider-Man Hogan. Where is the lake? It's literally a stupid movie of them sitting in a lake. Like, it's in the title. It's not even in the top ten. <laughs> IMDb users, you're dumb. The notebook is here. <laughs> We've already is... done that. The movie is called The Lake House. <laughs> How about Jai Courtney wrecks another movie month? <laughs> <laughs> no, no one listened to that. Um, all right. Uh, I, I guess we know what we're doing with this movie. Um yeah. But I guess the question is, I think we should probably rank these movies now that we've finished yeah. them, right? Uh, but, I mean, yeah. that, is that pretty easy as well? It's pretty clear. I mean, we already – when we got to three, we already agreed that, like, we preferred three slightly over even one. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know that we prefer Salvation over this. So, I mean, if yours is like mine, it's basically two, three, one, four, five. Yeah. Yeah. No, I – I don't think there's any other way you could do that. I mean, I, I think most people listening to this would be like, ah, one's so much better than three. Um, but, yeah, I think I would agree with you exactly the same way uh, with that one. So, yeah, Jesus. This is the first time we've ever agreed overall on, like, a franchise mode. <laughs> Probably. I think it is. Oh, wow. Um, I guess that leads us into next week where we will be going to see Terminator Dark Fate and... <laughs> Obviously, at the time of recording this, we've had one trailer, and we weren't exactly thrilled for it. Uh, when we sometimes do preview episodes, there's no point doing a preview episode. We're just going to talk about this now. Um, what do you want to say about Terminator Dark Fate right now? Um, I mean, at the time of the first trailer, like I thought the first trailer was underwhelming. I don't think it looks like a Terminator movie. Maybe the second trailer, which I'm sure it's already out, you know, has wowed me, uh, and we should revise this episode. Michael Bean but- returns. Oh, that's what we've all wanted. Uh, him and Michael Gladys. Those are the guys that this franchise needs more of. Uh, like, honestly, it just... Uh, I don't think that we're ever going to get anything new from the series. And it, it, I feel like it would be a better thing to just make... Go the Jurassic Park route. Just make more of the same at this point. Because... Y- You've convoluted it so much that you can't do anything fresh without having it make no sense at all. Um, I really hope that we get some type of proper role for the T-800 because, like, as a Terminator and not just – if this ends up being – I joked about it, but this ends up being Sergeant Candy in the future, (laughs) you know, and that this is not a real Terminator with Schwarzenegger. I'll be incredibly disappointed. Plus, even just coming out of a Genesis – we don't really get to see Arnie do Terminator-like stuff. So I want to see, like, a full Terminator 2 Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, even if it has to be a stuntman. Because uh, this new Terminator guy just looks boring. <laughs> I mean, that was Jamie's biggest complaint. It's like, these Terminators don't look like Terminators. And obviously we have a female character that also looks like another Terminator in this. And neither of them look particularly exciting. Um, I don't know who the kid is in this movie, but she already bothers me. 
And, <laughs> you know, Linda Hamilton, I think we got the best we were going to get with Terminator 2 Sarah Connor. And seeing her 20, 30 years later doing the exact same thing we saw in the second movie, it's not as exciting to me as I thought it would be. So. I don't know. We're, we're probably going to see this movie and be like, "That was the greatest Terminator movie ever." <laughs> I'm but just, yeah. I'm hoping it's like impressive. the. I'm hoping it's like the first uh, when we had the trailer for Jumanji: Welcome to the Jungle, and it was kind of like, "Oh my god, what are they doing? That looks terrible! Like you're ruining the history of Jumanji." And then, kind of, the movie actually was pretty good. So yeah, I'm hoping and it's hey, going to be that. We've been wrong before. Remember how excited we were by the last Jedi trailers. <laughs> Oh God, we've got to cover that in a few weeks. Um, <laughs> I'd probably still rather watch that than Terminator Genesis. <laughs> I mean, it has some cool stuff in it. <laughs> Yoda's in it. Spoiler alert. Uh, yeah, so I pretty much agree with everything you said about Terminator Dark Fate. I'm looking forward to seeing Linda Hamilton back because uh, she says in the trailer that she'll be back, and she was. Uh, so yeah. But, again, we've been wrong plenty of times before with trailers, so we'll see how we go. Uh, and speaking of The Last Jedi, Star Wars, of course, you're enjoying our Star Wars coverage at the moment. Tomorrow we have... I, know uh, I am. Revenge of the Sith is happening tomorrow, so get involved in that one. And if you've missed uh, all 20 hours of Phantom Menace and all 20 hours of Attack of the Clones, and <laughs> make sure you download those, because they're coarse and rough and irritating and they get everywhere. Um <laughs> But it's, it's exciting because really closing out the year, we've we've been very much looking forward to doing the Star Wars coverage and they'll be going on for another couple of uh, months basically until we get to the rise of Skywalker. So uh, get involved and we'll have other reviews and shit coming. All our regular episodes are there. Survivor's happening. Um, other things are happening too. So I know you're excited for that. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, subscribe, all the relevant channels, uh, leave us some feedback. We would appreciate to hear what you think. I was about to hear what you say, but you can leave us an audio if you really want to. Um, I don't know why we'd want an audio or words, but just just do it. Just, just do it. Be better. Just do stuff. And thank you for listening. I've said that again, but you listen to Terminator Genesis, so we really need to thank you more than once. Uh, my name is Ben, and nice to see you get out. <laughs> And my name is Colin, and I need you to remember these words. Skynet is Genesis. No, 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 wait, wait. Genesis is crap. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.